So where did all this energy and space come from? The answer was found after decades of work by scientists. Space and energy was spontaneously created in an event we now call the Big Bang. At the moment of the Big Bang, an entire universe full of energy came into existence, and with it, space. It all inflated, just like a balloon being blown up. So where did all this energy and space come from? How does an entire universe full of energy, the awesome vastness of space, and everything in it simply appear out of nothing. For some, this is where God comes back into the picture. give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie, they do not fulfill that promise, they never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national variance, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite!
fucking asshole! You're a fucking asshole! You're a fucking asshole! Listen very carefully to the exact language that I use. I have yet to hear a convincing moral or legal argument as to why possession of child pornography should be illegal. The argument that I was making, and I've made this argument a bunch of times, and I've addressed this poorly made argument a bunch of times here. Why is the possession of child pornography immoral? People are inconsistent in their moral outrage at commodities which hurt people when they're produced. So, but then they're really, really quick to denounce child porn. Now, you'll never be able to find a clip of me saying that I think it's good to have child porn. Should consuming child porn be legal? Yeah. 100 please uh, please right now uncuck your dumb shit libcuck fucking sjw brains and recognize this empirically correct fact that i am about to spit it is possible for an adult and a child to have a sexual relationship and for it to have positive outcomes on the child as well this is the neighborhood and you are not welcome that's why i need to be here <laughs> We need Jesus, ma'am. He can save you. He can give you a new heart. God can give you a new heart so that you love what God loves. No, that's irrational. So you're saying that you would like a gentlemanly man, somebody who courts you, takes you on a date, all of these sorts of things? Absolutely. I'm a little bit in two minds here because I can hear what you're saying, mm -hmm. but then I can see that you're dressed as a cat. And I'm a dog, and, and so... A, and dog. you call yourself a dog. Wolf, yes. Do you think that that might be a deterrent for a man who is more traditional if you're dressing like a dog? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I'm not. So when you look at a relationship, are you, are you looking at like a pet owner type relationship or like two dogs in, a, in the relationship or... What's what's your ideal? <laughs> uh, a partner who loves and respects me and sees me as an equal that I am. But you see yourself as an actual dog, right? You said you like to go play fetch. I, I, wolf, yes. So how does that tie into your relationship? Like, what are you looking for if, if you're a dog? Um, uh, I'm looking for um, somebody to throw me a ball and then also say, um, oh, hey, uh, I, I appreciate you, you know. Yeah, the pundit was wrong. That's I would rather be grabbed by the pussy than have a pussy for president. Wow. Woo! And, and go you, go you, go you. And you're happy with that language? I'm very happy with that language. Look, none of us are that polite behind closed doors. My girlfriends have ruder language. Real men have ruder language. The gentleman clapping is a real man, obviously. Real he would have ruder language than pussy. I'm not offended by the Katie, expression. Katie, uh, he, he's no longer in the locker room. He's in the Oval Office. Sure, and that was a private conversation eight years ago before he was running. Whilst Clinton was in the Oval Office, of course, uh, Monica Lewinsky was on her knees with Hillary stood right by her. So I don't know if you're going to say that's any better, sweetie, because well, I don't think it is. She's not president. I'm talking about the current president election. Yes, but when Bill Clinton was president. I'm not talking about the past. I'm talking about the future. And, and eight years ago, before Donald Trump even ran, he used the word pussy. I'm not offended. You are. You deal with are your any issues. Of, are any of you have no issues? I'm just curious. Is there any part of you uh, remotely concerned about the nature of... No, you know, what we needed in America was someone language. that was going to have a strong lead, who was going to stand up for white people as well as black people in America, who was going to stand up for bringing jobs back, for allowing Americans to have their weapons, and for allowing the Supreme Court to be a conservative Supreme Court. No one here can really understand that, which is why the pollsters were wrong, why you guys were wrong, why state broadcasters were wrong, and every other commentator yeah. and every other pundit was wrong. That's Get up, you right? 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 Get
I want to say thank you to the fans by telling you a secret that I've been keeping from you for the last two years, which is that Trump won. And, and I can finally say, fuck Joe Biden, Trump 2024, bitches, let's go. Hey, how you doing? Did you enjoy that? <laughs> Holy shit, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. Hey, Taylor Swift is hot as shit. You know, I, I wouldn't say no to a go to roll in the hay with her, whether she's woke or not. No, I hear you. I hear you. Think you might be able to wake her up, though, for real? I wouldn't care. There you go. So, how's your day been, man? Wet. Had to go out to take the old lady to the doctor's office for an appointment today, and then the rest of the day was pretty much, I don't know, (laughs) dealing with the uh, stupidity uh, and whatnot. From a, a certain group of people, I'm pretty sure you know who I'm talking about. Looks like hey, we got some people out there who are happy to see you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm happy to see them too. I see plenty of uh, people who uh, are there. Hi, Nita. Now, the folks out there do realize there is a link out there, especially pinned up in the blue, if you'd like to come in, especially Mr. Metaller666. He's pretty awesome. Come on in if you like. Yeah. All right. So I guess we could uh, start this off by me showing a screenshot of a comment that was given, and then we'll see how that goes. Um, Here we go. This is something somebody sent me over on YouTube. They said, uh, Mr. Keen, you and Lucifer seem to be really obsessed with LeBay. Lucifer wants to steal him for his little fuel group and gets a kick out of messing with the COS. That would be the Church of Satan, as if the Church of Satan cares. That's why we got over 50,000 views of their responses and comments, because we just, they just don't care. But here you mm-hmm. go. Thank you. Yep, yep, yep. You claim to be a Christian, so why do you care about this? Why are you even making it an issue? Why are you making best buddies with a total worshiper who's also a Nazi that wants to steal the works of Anton LaVey, who happens to be a Jew? Do you prefer Anton LaVey over Jesus Christ? It sure looks that way. For some very strange reason, you seem to want to believe that Anton LaVey believed in the devil. Very strange in your life and time digging up all this stuff. Oh my goodness, you want to finish it out? Dude, I'm laughing too hard. You go ahead. All right. Very strange to be spending your life time digging up all this stuff that should be irrelevant to any any real Christian. 
All right, let me bring up Mr. Metaller. Since Lucifer's over there choking on his own spit from how stupid this comment is, why don't you tell me what you think, Black Metaller, while he's getting a hold of himself? Sorry about joining in last time without permission, like a complete. Uh, door. No, no, you're you're good. You're good. You you handle things fine and whatnot, and you're, so you're all good. You don't need to apologize. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, but yeah, in my opinion, that's kind of the funniest shit I ever read. I was like, <laughs> wow, look at that, a great idiot. Look at that. Oh yeah, yeah, you're obsessed with them. Yeah, we're doing the dance over here. <laughs> Got somebody out there asking, is the rapture happening soon? I don't know. I haven't set my clock to it, but if I start hearing signs of it, I'll make sure that I get you. Hey, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a series of erotic novels called Satan's Rapture. Or, and the whole principle is where people will just suddenly like disappear and they literally leave their clothes behind like parking lots and whatnot and all their personal belongings. And it turns Uh-oh, out that they're all like becoming part of a satanic cult. Satanic cold is right. Back in the 1980s. So, Mr. Lucifer, I've what have I spent about two weeks talking about this, and this somehow mm-hmm. is yeah. categorized as an obsession now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is apparently an obsession, but COS members obsessively stalking me all over Facebook, and then you know, also taking pictures of my son's school and sending them to me uh, as a threat uh, and all sorts of crazy stuff. That's not an obsession. Me just making sure, me wanting to know what the truth of the matter is, what Ant Holloway actually wanted to actually, what he believed and what he said and understanding the philosophy that he espoused. That's suddenly an obsession. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ask you both a very important question here. If it's true what they claim, that Anton LaVey was nothing more than a showman, that Satan isn't real, that it's all for shits and giggles, then why the hostility? Why get triggered? Good if- question. That is a good question. Like, how the hell? What, like, what do they really care if anybody wants to follow the same guy and believe that it was theistic? I mean, it's not affecting them. It's not hurting them. I mean, I don't think it is. The only thing that would be hurting them would be themselves if they're sitting there, you know, saying something that isn't true. And in all honesty, that would be, in my opinion, the only reason to get so hostile and aggressive. You'd own, you know, if it's true, you know, that he wasn't an atheist and you're, or if he's true that he was an atheist, I have to correct myself there. And, he they're very set on that and they actually believe that and they're comfortable in that then what do they care what i say what do they care of the evidence that we put out there what do they care about video clips of anton LaVey saying that he actually did believe in god because well if it's if it was just him being a showman and being a clown what do they care we got somebody out here called Dean Goldenberry says, do you guys use magic? It's up to you if you guys want to respond to that. That's obviously for you. Well, is it obvious? Oh, geez. I don't know. I don't know. Devin, what does my monthly full moon live stream seem like to you? I mean, do I stand in robes and in in front of an altar? Is there candles lit? Yeah, I've seen it many times. Yeah, I've seen it many times. 
I've seen it many times. Like there's there's like you know three rights in the high mass for fuck's yeah, sake. Yes, Dean. I'm I'm sorry I'm being sarcastic. I know you're being genuine in your question, and I'm sorry for the sarcasm. But yes, we actually do practice magic. We actually do practice sorcery. Um, and we do uh study and practice occultism and understand things that mm-hmm. are not normally understood. Same so what is, I'll, I'll throw this out there just to let the audience hear about this. What is the difference between the magic that you do and the magic, like, let's say, somebody like Chris Angel, whom I watch all of his shows, as well as David Copper? Difference. Well, there, what Chris Angel, David Copperfield, Harry Houdini, and many other stage magicians uh, did is not really called magic. They're not really called magicians. We call them magicians, but they're not really called magicians. They're called illusionists. And all it basically is, it's a stage illusion to make you think something is happening that's not really happening. It's called illusionism, and they're really good at what they do, and they're really good at the tricks that they do. I mean, they can stick their head in a guillotine. Next thing you know, you see, you could swear you just watched them get their head cut off by a guillotine, and it turns out that they're the ones who just dropped the blade, and you didn't even see that one coming. You know? Probably King Louis III think that. (laughs) Oh, no. Chris Angel is not using witchcraft or anything like that. He's just a stage magician. He is an illusionist. Yeah, I've never heard Chris Angel claim that he was using some kind of supernatural powers or ability. He claims um, that he's some of the in some of the videos of Chris Angel, you can actually see how the trick is being done if you pay attention. There's one where he lays on a spiked fence and then he suddenly impales down on it. Well, if you pay attention to the spikes that come through him, they don't come straight out. They fold up. So, you know, it happens so quick. It happens very, very quickly. Now, here's the interesting thing. Stage magic or illusionism can actually be used uh, as a low-level form of sorcery to for self-defense purposes or whatnot. I mean, all you have to know do is know what you're doing with it, and anything that people can't explain would essentially be the equal of magic and sorcery. All right, so Terrence asked me out here, Brett, do you think Jesus, miracles, water walking, etc., were legit or fictional? I believe that all the things that it claims in the Bible that Jesus did, including the resurrection, was absolutely true. And as far as Dean Goldberry saying I'm a Satanist, no, but I will explain why it is that I took this very seriously. I was talking to some people on Twitter, and then I posted a comment stating that the Church of Satan is another denomination or sect of Satanism, that there's many different groups out there. Like paganism, it's kind of an umbrella term. If you guys disagree with me, fine. Um, But what they claimed was the founder of Anton LaVey was the founder and that he didn't actually believe in the devil. Well, I found this interesting because I always assumed if you're into Satanism, then you must do some form of Satan, right? So 
This fellow right here, Mr. Lucifer, although none of them were willing to talk to me, he actually said, I'll talk to you, Brett. I'll tell you what we're, our views are and our ideas, and I really appreciated it, and I've enjoyed his presence and his friends ever since. Yep, right here. Yep, We have multiple STS members in the comments section that um, we have our Grand Archon, Kane Blackfire. He's the second in command of STS. We have numerous other people in there. Um, if they want to identify themselves as STS members, they're more than ha welcome to, but I'm not going to sit here and call them out on it. But yeah, we have multiple STS members here. And what's funny is I don't see any Church Satan members here. Yeah, same here. I'm, I would be expecting them to talk shit, going like, "Oh, you poser, you, you posers." Well, we're about twenty-one minutes in. Would you like me to play the clip that was sent to me by these folks? Okay. Well, let's first give some context here before we go ahead and play this, because I want people to see this clip. I want people to understand what Anton Lavey is saying. Uh, and it, um, he's asked a very poignant question about whether or not he believes in Jesus Christ and God. And he says, no, I do not. Now, before anybody gets into this, I want people to think about this. Just because a person does not believe in one form of deity or not, that does not make them an atheist. He says, no, I don't believe in Jesus Christ and God. He doesn't say, I am an atheist. And I want people to pay attention to that. So That's true. And technically, a quote from an atheist that used to be alive that was very popular, Christopher Hitchens, he said that everybody's some form of atheist anyway. Because mm -hmm. if you only accept one form of God, but you say all the other ones are not true, then in that way you find common ground with an atheist. It's up to you if you want to agree with that acknowledge or whatever but that's what he said so i also really want a really good statement right there i also want to put this forth too i have done countless videos and i've done countless shows with mr lucifer here showing levey stating that he believed in god believed that jesus christ actually existed believed in an actual devil this clip i gotta be honest with you it does miss me a bit but we're going to let these guys, because they're much more educated in this uh, particular belief system than myself, and perhaps they can give an explanation for it. Let's see. Where is the clip? Here we go. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? No. No. Irrevocably not. I believe that the Godhead resides within oneself. I believe that man creates gods in accordance with his own needs. And if he doesn't, someone else will create them for him. Who or what is Satan to you? Satan is the essence of that which dwells within myself. Would you explicitate this? Satan is the pioneer, the inventor, Prometheus. Satan has always been the scapegoat, the other, as Thomas Saz, the psychiatrist, calls him. He has always been the opposition to what has been established at the time, the counterbalance that creates change, that creates evolution, that sets the 
climate socially for modification. Because without this so-called evil, there could be no change. Okay. That's a very telling clip. I mean, he's asked the question point blank. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus? And he states quite clearly, no, I do not. I believe that the Godhead exists within man. I believe that man creates his own gods and deities. And this is perfectly in line. He says this right in the Satanic Bible as well. Uh, and I believe I've shown you this, uh, Brett, that he says it right in the Satanic Bible. And at the head of the same chapter, um, you know, let's, I just saw that uh, Devin pulled out the Satanic yep. Bible. Uh, God, open up the chapter, God wanted dead or alive. Yep, God. Okay. Can you read the first paragraph for us, please, Devin? It is all popular misconception that uh, the Satanist does not believe in God. The concept of God as inner, it's a, interpreted by man has been so varied throughout the ages that the Satanist simply accepts the definition which suits him best. Man has always created God, created his God rather than his God created him. God is to some being to others, terrifying to the Satanist. Okay. That word is benign, by the way. Yeah, sorry. Yep, not a problem. Um, <laughs> so what we are seeing here, um, he flat out says in this opening statement in the Satanic Bible, the exact same thing that he says in that clip, that gods are created by us they're what we call egregore or tolkens this does not negate their reality at all it actually enhances their reality by personalizing them to us and you know we can they can take on many different forms and what an egregore for those people who may not know what an egregore is who's watching right now an egregore is what's called a living thought form and what a living thought form is it's sort of like um when a child has an imaginary friend and that imaginary friend to them is completely real it is it works independently of them it can respond to them and interact with that child's immediate surroundings now take that same imaginary friend and suddenly it does something around that child that the parent sees that the parent takes note of now suddenly that parent is also believing that this imaginary friend is more than just simply imaginary that there is something more going on there now you expand that out to over one third of the human population and suddenly you have a being that can manipulate and do many different things does this mean that this being did not create man no what's to say that enough humans believing in this being creating his lore and his back history does not give him license to go back in time to the beginning of creation and go into the void and cause what we would call the big bang therefore creating existence and therefore enacting the very events of genesis there's nothing that says it couldn't all that we can say and all atheists can prove and I believe you just recently posted an article, Brett, that talks about this, is how 
Scientists can only go back so far to the Big Bang, and they can't explain anything beyond it, but religion can. I think that's a pretty good explanation. You and I have seen a lot of clips where he's made it clear that he does believe in this, and he believes in that, and magic, and mm -hmm. supernatural. So, do you... Is it possible that he might have been having a bad day? He seemed cranky in that clip. Well, I don't know. I mean, i that's a very rare clip. It's not one that's commonly seen. You do have to look for it a little bit. It is on the Church Satan's YouTube channel. So it's right there. Anybody can watch that. Um, I will say that we do have at least one former Church Satan member in the comments who could probably explain this clip far better than me um and he is the uh, archon of sts uh he is our third in command and he is a former member of the church of satan he is a former member of the temple of the vampire and so this is all stuff that he knows very in detail and very in depth so if uh, he wants to add in his comment and his analogy of it i'll let him do that but uh, as for whether or not Anton LaVey was having a bad day in that moment, he definitely seems like he's a little bit cranky. Yeah, it looks like he's not in the mood to do an interview. Now, you guys do agree that later on in his life, he started wanting to get away from doing interviews and being public. He, yeah. It seemed like he felt like it was an irritation for him. He really started hating the general public. Um, he makes this, I wouldn't say he exactly hated the general public, but in uh, 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 Speak of the Devil, the uh, canon of Anton LaVey, uh, which was his the final documentary, I think I sent you the link to it earlier today, Brett, he made it very clear that he preferred the company of the mannequins in his basement than he did of most human out there he didn't like leaving his house as much uh mr uh mataller uh i don't know if you realize this but if you leave your mic open while your friend is talking it's going to cause some uh feedback on him so you might want to mute whenever someone else is talking love having you here yep. no offense yeah. yep no problem so do you also think if you don't mind me asking it seems like, especially during the satanic panic, every time some person who labeled themselves Satanist went out and did a horrific act, it always seemed to come back on his family. Him and his kids had to constantly mm, yeah. refute or debunk this nonstop. And not only did it not only did they have to refute it, they had to deal with people coming to their house. And trying to kick in their door, trying to do all sorts of crazy things. LaVey eventually had to put a security fence around the front of the black house. And he put up a very blatant and obvious security camera. Um, the final, you know, when you look at later pictures of the black house, you can actually see this. That he had to be very security uh, conscious. And he owned numerous guns to protect his family because... You got crazy Christians who were being driven nuts by the whole satanic panic era that were literally trying to kill him. And we see these types of people even today. We saw somebody tried to set the uh, satanic temple's house on fire. We saw threats 
uh, get intercepted by the FBI against the Satanic Temple. We saw the uh, the Georgia Guidestones get demolition. They were only 15 miles away from me, from where I live right now. And they got demolition and cleared out within a day. I saw the video of that. That was crazy. We've seen things all throughout the 70s all the way to the early 90s where we had Christians as well as people who labeled themselves Satanists. They would end up going to court for committing crimes from trying to blow up an abortion clinic or trying to do a sacrifice. And then what they would do is when they got into court, they would claim the devil told me to do it or God told me to do it. And because of that kind of nonsense, they ended up coming up with this new setup for lawyers where if you're mentally ill, you don't pay for the crime. You just go get a nice hot and a cot and a mental asylum. for mm -hmm. Well, yeah. nowadays, nowadays, most uh, criminals like that, they don't go to mental asylums. Um, I know that the uh, church of Satan is trying to throw my past out there and i did serve some time in jail uh for in you know various issues involving my children and i had to serve time and it was a very sad instance but i was on the exact same block due to the wording in the charges that were leveled against me i was i spent six months on the exact same block where they would put the mental inmates and we, uh, ha you know, we had all sorts of different guys. And there was a, there was an old man, I remember, that was brought in with Renfield syndrome. If, uh, you know what that is. Um, does anybody here know what Renfield syndrome is? You'll probably have to explain it. There's so many different conditions and disorders nowadays, it's hard to keep up. Well, Renfield syndrome it derives its... Uh, name from the story Dracula, uh, Renfield, who was the uh, first guy who uh, went to go see Dracula. He was replaced by Jonathan Harker. When he got back, Renfield had gone insane. He was eating bugs and all this other stuff. And uh, he, he was a servant of Dracula at that point. And he resided in the mental asylum there that uh, some of the other people who were in the uh, the vampire hunting crew that would go and that they would work there. And so Renfield syndrome describes a similar syndrome. Now, of course, this guy couldn't eat bugs while he was inside. They, those cells are kept very clean, um, but no one wanted to go into the bubble that he was in uh, because, well, the stench of all the things that he would do in his cell was just so horrendous. And my cell, the cell that I was in, was on the second floor overlooking the bubble, and I had a perfect view right into the cell, and I can tell you I saw things that I did not want to see. And this guy was just, he was really mentally sick. And so, yeah, they don't send them to the funny farm anymore. I wish that they did. And a lot of psychiatric doctors say that they don't like the fact that they send these people who are mentally ill, criminally insane or whatnot to the prison where these corrections officers don't have quite the proper amount of training to deal all the time with these individuals. And they're left to just try to treat them just like a normal inmate and do the best that they can. 
And I can tell you right now, most of the COs in a corrections facility feel for these individuals. They they pity them because these poor people, they're not meaning to be the way that they are. And they need the psychiatric help. And the prison system is not set up for that. So, yeah. We got a uh, Christian out here who's also a fellow Trump supporter, but for some reason can't stand the likes of me. He asked, the Christian or biblical position is that other gods do exist? Well, I mean, if we were to take the Bible as literal, it does say that Satan is the god of this world. So is it wrong or is it correct? You're a Christian. It's up to you how you want to interpret that. And we got somebody, the Dean Goldberry has another question or a statement, and I don't know if you understand this, but he says something to the effect of a Christian killed him with prayer. Do you have any idea what the hell he's talking about? I believe he's talking about the myth that Christians killed Anton LaVey. And I'm not going to say that they didn't, but I'm not going to say that they did either. Anton LaVey passed away due to pulmonary edema. What I will say is that it is a myth that he repented on his deathbed because his last documented words, and you can ask any LaVey family member this, his last documented words were to, he died before Halloween, to have them publicly say that he died uh, on Halloween. And that was actually respected and honored. Those were his last words. From what I understand of LaVey family members, he was put into a medically induced coma after that, and he was intubated. So he had a tube down his throat, and he was unconscious at the time of his death. Um, he definitely did not say anything like, oh, my, oh, my, what's wrong? Something's wrong. Um, and there was no cameras in his room. The only people who were in his room, I believe, at the time of his death was Carla LaVey um, and uh, Blanche Barton, who was his lover there. And I don't know if Xerxes, their young son, was in there or not. I haven't heard anything like that. But I believe Stanton had said that he had been there as well. I know Stanton started getting really close to his grandfather again before he passed away. Well, it doesn't sound to me like anybody made any attempt on his life. It sounds like the man had some serious health issues and succumbed to them. So I don't know well, if we're getting that Well, idea. magic itself can take on very natural-looking causes. I know I've performed curses in the past that have taken very rapid effect, and inside of a month the person was dead, and it looked simply looked like that they had had a sudden onset or relapse of cancer or some other uh, illness. We got another person out here who says, the Bible also says, place no other gods before me. I believe you're talking about the first commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. But the Bible actually has God defeating some other gods. So to say there is no other gods, it's, eh, I would love for a Christian to come in and explain that. I'll leave it up to you guys. I just read it for what it says. <laughs> well, I, I'm of the uh, same opinion personally that you, you want to. If the Bible wants to say that there are other gods, then that's clearly stating that God's not alone. All right, All right. That's uh, that's how my logic hits it as well. 
But as always, I always uh, encourage people, if they feel I'm wrong or I've interpreted something incorrectly, then come in here and correct me. Doubt it'll happen, but the link is out there. Um, I do want to address another thing. Um, Devin, go ahead really quickly. Just as long as no trolls go around trying to say the N-word. Right on, brother. Right on. Go ahead. I, I, I do want to address another thing in that comment that you got from whoever he was, uh, that 555 guy or SH555 or whatever his name was. Um, he mentioned that Anton LaVey was a Jew. <laughs> I believe I showed you rabbinical law earlier on how that works. Anton LaVey, his parentage wasn't Jewish. It was his grandmother on his father's side that was Jewish. And I want to put it out there that when, if you want to look at it from two different perspectives, rabbinical law says Jewish heritage, um, mind you, if you accept the Jewish traditions, and that makes you a Jew anyways, but traditionally Jewish heritage is uh, passed down through the mother's line, not the father's. So if a, uh, so if his grandmother on his father's side was Jewish, that would have made his father Jewish or at least half Jewish, but that would have mean he was not Jewish on that, uh, on that uh, point in reason. But if we also wanted to look at the old Nuremberg laws, and because people want to call me a Nazi and everything, I'm going to bring this up. The Nuremberg laws would have said the exact same thing, that if you could have one grandparent out of four grandparents that was Jewish. And by the time it comes to you, you're still considered um, a perfectly fine citizen of the Nazi Reich back in World War II. And that was, you know, there is documentation showing that. Now, remember, any question or thing that I point out, if you don't feel like answering it, you can just say pass on it. The definition of a Nazi is a member of the far-right National Socialist German Workers' Party or of concerning the Nazi or Nazism. It seems like the word Nazi only got derogatory because of Hitler. So what is your view on that? And when they call you a Nazi, are they saying that you work for some specific group or something, or what is that? Well, I've always been very open, well, especially since last summer. I, I've been very open with who I am as an individual, and I didn't talk about my past for the longest time because I wanted people to see me as a person and not just simply judge me because of my past. And I find it very funny that a lot of people nowadays, they try to act like they're all loving and caring and accepting of everything, and they'll accept people, you know, and people's mistakes in their past, no matter what. But the moment they get certain things thrown up at them, they suddenly become just as hypocritical as the um, racists that they rant and rave and say that they stand against. The truth of the matter is, is yes, I was. I used to be a member of the National Socialist Movement. I was a swastika-toting uh, neo-Nazi, and I have no problem saying that now because people can come to see me as I am now. And I have no fear of being that. So he can throw the term Nazi at me all day long, and I'm not going to shy away from it. Anton LaVey himself flat out said, most people are frightened 
to hang a pejorative around their neck that is not always exactly flattering. And when I took on the term Satanist uh, to describe me, I accepted that. And I accepted understandingly that there, I would call things that were not very nice and that were demonized by the general public. Nazi is just one more thing that was demonized by the general public. We can see that Anton LaVey himself surrounded himself with people who were Nazis themselves. He married his daughter Zena off to one very big national socialist, Nicholas Schreck, who went on many radio shows that were of the alt-right and far-right back in the 80s. And yet he was still a member of the church Satan up front, going on national talk shows, um, so representing the church Satan, and he was never stopped. Zina LaVey herself was also noted to, you know, support this philosophy herself. She, uh, along with Boyd Rice, too. Boyd Rice, according to every public, uh, that public outlet that was not the Church of Satan, flat out has said Boyd Rice was asked by Anton LaVey to take over the Church of Satan when Anton LaVey was ready to retire. And Rice turned it down for various reasons. Afterwards, he regretted after seeing what became of the church Satan. But he was asked by Anton LaVey if he would take it over. And you can read this in Boyd Rice's own book, um, The Last Testament of Anton LaVey, which is publicly available for sale. And so these are two gentlemen. There's pictures of Boyd Rice wearing swastikas. There's interviews with Boyd Rice, Nicholas Schreck, and other members of Radio Werewolf. Uh, sitting in front of a uh, satanic altar with a Nazi flag draped over it, a uh, swastika showing. Uh, and so I would say that these people who like to throw the pejorative around of Nazi is using the word Nazi in this, not in the sense of the National Socialist German Workers' Party or anything like that. They're using it as a variant of the other n-word that we're not allowed to say against uh, black people, but they're using the term Nazi as a version of that against white people. Well, I've heard the word Nazi used on so many people that I like and respect, and I've also been accused of being a Nazi by people who were unhappy with me in debates and discussions. Hell, Donald Trump is called a Nazi on a daily basis by the Democrats, so it's like it's kind of lost its flair. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, I think Terrence has it right uh, in his little comment. Nazi equals thing I don't like. So the church Satan doesn't like me. I'm a Nazi. Oof, that's rough. They also use the term fascist as well. They called uh, Blanche Barton after she flat out told the press that Anton LaVey believed in Satan. They called her a fascist too. Old Wolf said that. And I'm so still that's to be called that. Just saying I'm still waiting to be called that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You notice that a lot of the especially in politics, you'll notice that a lot of these people who call all these names and try to label people and pigeonhole folks, they're usually projecting their own views. Yeah. Exactly. I find it just absolutely idiotic and funny that they would do anything like that. 
Well, we've gotten those comments and we put up a clip and yeah. I mean, we've got like uh, and, just two yeah. weeks. Go ahead. It, what I find funny, and this is my challenge, and I've been saying this challenge to Church of Satan for years, and I'm putting it out there on your show because I know they love watching your show. I know that they love watching my show, but you seem to get a lot more uh, views of me on your show right now. If you want to show a video clip or an audio clip of Anton LaVey saying that he's an atheist, then make sure he uses the exact words, quote, I am an atheist. Show me in his canon literature that he, where he says that he is an atheist. You can't because he never did. And I showed that in my last live stream. And I've got a video, a one-hour video that's going to be coming up where people can actually see much better what I'm doing uh, with PDF files and everything and how they can replicate it. Um, that Anton LaVey at no point in time ever said Satanism was atheism. He never said he was an atheist. Um, as a matter of fact, in the one line out of the Devil's Notebook, he flat out says that it is not enough to be atheist, that that is basically too simple of a way out to do things. Yeah, I, uh, I spent the last two weeks trying my hardest uh... I consider myself a pretty good researcher. I tried to find videos where Anton actually stated anything to do with atheism. I wasn't able to find nothing. But every clip I did find of him during an interview, he spoke of God existing, spoke of the devil. He did go into this um, these rants about God being, uh, not God, but the devil being an essence in him and that the devil is in all of us and things like that. But it seemed to me that he was describing Satan as an actual entity. Mm -hmm. Satan is the god of the flesh. He is the god of the earth. Um, he is the fire of inspiration, what we would call the black flame. So, yeah, that, that's a very apt description of him right there. I think if people think about this as well, and I said this to you before and you agreed with me, and mm -hmm. Anton just came out and said... I'm an atheist. I have doubts that there's a God and, and just went on his merry way. There wouldn't have been nothing luring about it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Why didn't he? You see, the Church of Satan is scrambling left and freaking right to find these little snippets of articles where he supposedly says he's an atheist. When all he's saying isn't that he's an atheist, it's that Satan is a metaphor or a symbol. Well, when we actually look at the definition of what a deity is, um, it doesn't say that a deity can't be a symbol. It doesn't say a deity can't be a metaphor. Actually, it says that these things are part of the essence of what a deity is. And it doesn't necessarily need to be just simply Satan or just simply God. Uh, uh, it could be any deity. It could be Zeus, Poseidon, you know, the ancient Greeks and Romans, they had gods for everything. These were representations, uh, ideas, and concepts of different facets of their daily life. Bacchus was the god of wine celebrations, as well as carnal stuff. <laughs> 
I get what you're saying. And Christianity actually uses a lot of symbolic things, whether it's art, statues, jewelry, to Mm -hmm. represent something that they actually believe in. So I don't find that at all like uh, discerning or confusing in what you just pointed out. Exactly. Yeah. And I think uh, I can't pronounce Doug David M. Lorden. He makes a very good statement here. Interesting points, he says. Uh, Anton didn't start the quote-unquote church of atheism, did he? Makes you wonder. And you're exactly right there, David. It does make you wonder. And he certainly, he called his church the church Satan, not the church of atheism. Who started the church of atheism? Do you know, Brett? You've told me about the founders and all that, but even Anton said that the view has been around even longer than himself, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really quickly, I noticed Devin wants to say something. What the hell you want to call the church of atheism? Most atheists don't even want to have a church. They have a church, though. Yeah, they, we, I actually did a a video... I actually did a video with TTOR and I pointed out several churches of atheism that have been popping out. So it's not like that wasn't available to him. Uh, if he wanted to be like the, the church of atheism, he could have done it. Atheists have been doing it. So no, he said, let's do church of Satanism. And according to you guys and some of the documentaries we watched, People did try to convince him to do something a little bit more nicer sounding, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in the Satanic Bible, he's he flat out in the same chapter, uh, wanted God dead or alive. He's he talks about a question that is often posed posed to him, and it's like, why not call it? Why call it Satanism? Why not call it something nicer? Why not call it something more witchcrafty? Um, why not call it something like humanism? And he goes into a, a very good, sound explanation of it. And you know, I'm not going to worry about trying to read that out, you know, right now. But um, yeah, he he makes that a very blatant point that he shoots that down right out of the gate. And at the end of the same chapter, he starts razzing on christian atheists and he starts hammering on them because back in the 1960s there was something going on where apparently a lot of christians were invading christianity or atheists were invading christianity i don't know maybe a lot of christians were losing their faith back then nowadays i was i mean in our live stream the other night we had uh came blackfire point out that there were indeed a lot of atheists in the Catholic Church, and this got me curious, and I was I looked into it, and it turns out the Catholic Church has programs that to deal with this. It's not that they let, let just simply let in atheists. They understand that people can lose their faith, and they actually have programs to help people uh, choose whether or not to stay in the clergy or to help refine their faith. Dean Goldberry, uh, yes, we do believe in Satan. Very simple. Yes, we do believe in Satan. And if you're a Christian, then you have to believe in the existence of the devil because Satan is mentioned very many times biblically. But as my Satanist friends have said, they believe in many different forms of the explanation of the devil is where mine is more of a biblical thing. 
Yeah, it's not quite as cut and dry as what the general Christian might have. Um, the general Christian, uh, and mind you, I understand this is not for every single Christian. It's just a generalized thing, but most Christians have a very black and white concept of uh, whether Satan is good or bad or um, God is good or bad. And I, I believe a lot of Satanists have the reverse concept uh, of that too, where Satan is the good guy and God is the bad guy. Um, we were talking about that earlier today, Brett, um, with Gnosticism and how they look at the Demiurge and Yaldabaoth being a creator deity, but he was still the bad guy. Right. We got, uh, let's see, this guy he claims to be a Mormon and he was talking about uh, different gods and all that. I've actually seen some of the animations and pamphlets that Mormons handed out to me. They promised me I'd get a planet if I joined their religion. And I said, it sounds like I'm the only one that's going to be there. That's awfully lonely. I don't know if I want to do the Mormon thing just yet. Well, we actually had a... Con a, a most people don't convert into Satanism, but SDS seems to have a couple converts from Christianity, and one of them, who's in my grotto district, actually is a converted Mormon. He left the Church of Latter-day Saints to join STS, and he um, he was a full-blown Mormon for like 20 years, and he just up and left. And even I had to, you know... Uh, people in my organization were like, what's going on here? And we actually called up his church. We talked to uh, the bishop's uh, secretary about it, and everybody was, like, really confused on what was going on. And he was very genuine and sincere, and now he's a member of STS. So I guess one thing that some people might be interested in is obviously biblically it represents Satan as like a child or a offspring or created being of God himself. How do you view that? Well, if you read the Diab Diabolicon by Michael Aquino, which is in Levianism, that works more or less as our form of Genesis. Uh, in the Diabolicon, uh, God, who is uh, I believe called initially, he's called Messiah or whatnot. Uh, Lucifer and Michael all wake up in existence simultaneously. So they're, they're actually brothers. And then as time goes on, uh, Messiah, he becomes Messiah and Lucifer becomes Satan. So they, they morph. But they start off as in the beginning as brothers in that in that uh, origin story. But uh, there's many different versions of the story that I will say that happen in many different religions. And in many of those traditions, such as Gnosticism, this is again where Galdabaoth and the Demiurge come in. Lucifer is seen as the head god. He is the head deity and the inspirator uh, of knowledge and wisdom where Yaldabaoth is a lesser deity and is jealous and he wanted to be something similar to the um, the creation uh, and he creates the material world and all things in it including us and traps a bunch of souls within the bodies and and all sorts of things and 
um, he's seen as, yes, the creator of the world, but he's also seen as a very negative, deceitful deity. And so in this instance, I don't know whether you would consider God and Satan brother or brothers or creator and child or whatnot. However, in this instance, definitely Lucifer would be seen over God or the Demiurge in this uh, particular instance. The uh, Mormon fellow out here says, well, actually, we do believe that we basically are united with our entire family going back to the beginning in an exalted state and have the opportunity to create your own universe simplified. Well, it's not that simple, is it? Some people come from dysfunctional families like myself. They may not want to share a planet with me for all eternity. You get what I'm saying? That's why the Mormons that visited my home told me that they needed a special scroll in order to get onto my planet. See what I mean? Interesting. Yeah, I have a copy of the Book of Mormon somewhere, but I haven't read it in who knows how long. I also have a copy of the Quran, uh, and I'm pretty sure we have a Bible copy around here somewhere. You get what I'm saying? If uh, It's in the Pearl of Prices. I have read their book, and I find it interesting, and I enjoy their company. They get offended because I always forget that they don't like coffee, but I offer it anyway because I'm a good guy. And Speaking of coffee, I think I need a refill. <laughs> Go ahead, Devin. I did watch uh, a guy who did like a deep dive on the entire philosophy, like ideology of Mormonism, and and also I wish I could drink coffee, but I can't because it's like evening because I got to work tomorrow. Yeah, you seem a little bit hyperactive. <laughs> well, that's oh, basically what they told me. More coffee, more caffeine, ready to go. That's what they told me. I said, "What if somebody's been married a couple times and they don't like their ex-wives? Are they going to be?" you know, combined with each other for all eternity, because that almost sounds like a form of hell. And they said, yeah. no, 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 those those women will get to choose their own planet. If they want to be with you, then you two got to work out a scroll contract or something, like a magical Lord of the Rings type of thing. Like, oh, I can well, do this. That's interesting. <laughs> Go ahead. I can do this. We can negotiate a contract. <laughs> we actually do have that. Uh, it's it's meant more of as a personal joke, but uh, be, uh, signing a contract with the devil. But in we actually have that for people who want to do that, and that's sort of a personal thing. According to Michael Aquino, he actually uh, Anton Lavey drew up a contract when he founded the Church of Satan. He had a personal pact with Satan. So yeah. And uh, David, yeah, we have hot chocolate too. I'll make you one. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, I hope you're not taking offense to anything I've said, David. I'm just goofing. I think Mormons are some of the sweetest people out there. They always ask me before they leave, is there anything we can do for you? And I said, well, if you want to write me out a check for a million dollars, that would really help with the bills. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to leave you and... Black Metaler to talk. I'm actually going to get myself another cup of coffee. So I will be right back in a minute. Sounds like a plan. So how you been doing, man? How's your life been? Let's just say it's just been tough. You know, like I did got a mess. Like I don't know. Like, first of all, I don't know why I decided to come on there without permission. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, sometimes you got to cause a little trouble to, you know, show, you know, the intelligence. But it doesn't mean you should do it all the time. 
You know what I'm saying? Well, I think that you were perfectly respectful. I enjoyed your company, and I hope in the future you'll come in more often. That's, uh, I see you as a good guy, so keep on showing up if you can. I will definitely show up as long as, you know, Lucifer Lay Gordon and the other, you know, count, you know, other, you know, Akron's are around. I'll definitely, you know, join in. Sounds good. Sounds good. That's all, because I don't want to, you know, go in, you know, unexpectedly like I did like last week. That's fair and, enough. You don't want to step on any toes. I get you, man. Yeah, because that was kind of pretty dumb of me, but at the same time, it was worth it. Like, there's a difference between doing something, you know, like that for a good reason, because I don't like doing stuff for publicity, you know, because I'm not one of those people going, oh, yeah, I'm a, oh, yeah, I'm a priest for the STS, yeah, you know, like being some kind of a hot shot. It's understandable. It's understandable. Yeah. I've been. We are a Brett I mean, Keen hot shot now. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I also been watching some other, like, lol cows and, you know, reading. I've just got done doing guitar lessons. So you do guitar? Yes, I do. So what's it going to take for me to get you to plug in an amp into your computer one of these times and jam out for me? I love me some metal and rock. You know we talked about that. Yeah. Oh, I know how to do uh, black metal. I know how to do a uh, treble pick. Like, I switched from my strings from a size 9 to a size 10 strings because... Like, I've been playing nines for, like, four years. So, yeah, I've been playing guitar for, like, about four years. I know I do Paranoid by Black Sabbath, of course. King Cobra JFS would try to compete, go, Nah, man, this guy doesn't understand, you know, how to play Black Sabbath. I'm going to do my drink combo, then I'm going to play my guitar. What about uh, music like Megadeth? I mean, Black Sabbath's got some good riffs, but what about some Megadeth? I haven't gone to Megadeth, but I am like learning Metallica though from my guitar teacher. Learning to play Seek and Destroy. Well, I'll tell you what: you talk mm -hmm. to your guitar teacher and tell him that you want to learn Symphony and Destruction. Oh, he will teach me some. He'll teach me some. It's just it's all about being slow. Well, yeah, I'll definitely do Symphony of Destruction. Sympathy of Destruction. That's right. You take a mortal man. Watch him become a god. There you go. You got the voice down rocking, man. Hello, me. Meet the real me. In my misfits way of life, the dark past is mine. The most valuable possession. Hindsight is always twenty twenty, but looking back, it's still a bit fuzzy. Take a little bit of short mutual destruction. There you go. See you rocking, man. Rock. Oh yeah, I didn't. I've been practicing my vocals because I'm trying to form my own uh, black metal band. It's just trying to. I got a drummer from Indiana, so I'm just trying to find you know other band members. You know, like people could play the bass and find a recording studio, so I can get you know my demo out. So what kind of guitar you got? I have a dime bag, actually. I'll be right back. Oh, yeah. Got, just going to show you this little sexy beast right here. Look at that right here, dude. Oh, man. Look at that. That's got that whole ride the lightning thing going on, doesn't it? Yep. That's always been dime bag Daryl's, like, 
signature guitar like since he formed Pan since he formed Pantera along with um his brother uh, Paul Benny Paul. This one still has my uh, nine strings in there. I'm gonna show you my other guitar, the one I bring to practice. This one has some. This one has good old Jack Daniels on it. Of course, if you're a Motorhead fan, you know that's Lenny's favorite um favorite drink. Oh, I like Motorhead. I especially like the theme song that comes out with Triple H back whenever. Oh yeah, the game. Yeah, this I am is the game. I am the game. Yes. Yep, this is like the guitar I use right here. That's Kush Frost. That's a um a Los Angeles uh, California band. I got Sodom on there. I have Sepultura. Got all the good stuff. Well, hold on, we got somebody wanting to come in. Hopefully, they oh. don't scream on top of their lungs and give us. You don't know, say any more. word, or else you know what happens. Here we go. Hello there, uh, Michael Lorden. Hello. Oh, I How see that car out. Your what hurts? No, I said you have the guitar out. Oh yeah, yeah. He's it, uh, he's jamming for us. Yeah, I this is uh, this is Doge from the chat. I I see my pictures different when I use when I uh, tried to sign on here. Oh, you were having an issue logging in. Yeah, it's different from my YouTube account for whatever reason. Oof, that's weird. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to do that because if I don't uh, have it to where people have to connect like that, I'll start getting raided by people. That makes it to where they can't do it as easily. Oh, well, you know, with all the scams and things these days and bots and whatnot, and, uh, you know, better safe than sorry, right? Oh, I hear you, man. Well, I'm I'm not really worried about... I don't care if people raid or they come in and they want to troll me a little bit. My policy is, though, if you're going to troll me, you got to be entertaining when you do it. I don't like the boring ones. I mean, yeah, you think that's make, fair, Mr. Lucifer? If you're going to troll us, at least make it fun. You know? I'm just enjoying my almond-flavored uh, coffee. Oh man, that sounds delicious. Oh, that sounds really good right now. I wish I could have some. <laughs> the devil, the devil's nectar. <laughs> and also I'm playing the devil's music. <laughs> playing uh playing good old Surgeon Seek and Destroy. That is great. Sounding a little flat the there. <laughs> I hope I don't get in trouble with anybody in here, but after the Black Album Metallica, I'm not really, I don't really like the newer stuff of Metallica. I like everything yeah. Black Album and back. Yeah, like, I feel like that's like the part they just really kind of went down since after they done Injustice for All. I mean, how do you do cool titles like that? Seek and Destroy, Inner Sandman, and then Load... Unload, reload, butt load. I mean, come on, that doesn't even sound. Oh, cool. don't give me start with Saint Anger. Oh my, that you know, don't, don't, don't. With the I don't really listen to Metallica very much. I mean, I listen to a couple things on them, but they're not really my flavor of band. What do you listen to, guy? <laughs> uh, I listen to a lot of Lardy, uh, uh, old school Nightwish. I like, uh, uh let me see here, uh, Blue Dangle, like that, uh. 
Power Wolf, Manowar. Nightwish is incredible. Awesome. Oh, yeah, Nightwish. Oh, yeah. Especially, uh, see, I don't like the newer Nightwish. I prefer the Nightwish when Taria Turunen was the female vocals. I don't like Nightwish after she left. Mm-hmm. Well, if some of the some of the music, I, I can find a couple songs that I can kind of go, yeah, that's rocking. But her, all of her albums were great. Every song was epic. That you're Twin Temple about. is also good. I just noticed uh, Christopher mentioned Twin Temple. I've I've listened to some of their stuff recently, and I really like it. It's that old. Uh, it's a satanic music, and it's a classic. Uh, it's done in a classic doo wop style, and it's really fun. So what about you, Mr. Mormon, man? What kind of stuff you listen to? You listen to some sweetheart stuff or what? Well, you know what? I do like some Black Sabbath. Uh, that's about the only uh, name I actually recognize here, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, now, what Black Sabbath are we talking about? Ozzy or Dio? Or Dio. Ozzy. Well, I think you should go for both if you're really going to go all out on that. Well, I don't know the rest. I know Paranoid. I know the. I know his songs, Crazy Train, all that. That's uh, it, that's Ozzy Osbourne's uh, solo uh, debut album. I'll tell you what, man. Listen to Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, and then you. That album is fucking awesome. Like no joke, Ryan James Dio's vocals is just killer. But also, yeah, like I'm gonna get a musical education. Uh, uh, you know, over here, you guys, you guys are the experts when it comes to oh, that. I, when it comes to metal, dude, I have an entire CD collection. Most of them are like black metal bands. Like one of the bands I like to listen to is mostly like Satanic, Warmaster, Burzum, sometimes a bit of Mayhem with Tan, Morduk, or Demi Borgia. Hmm. Demi Borgia. Oh yes, that's a good one. Good symphonic black Cradle metal. Cradle of Filth, Demi Borgia. They're they're some of the mainstream black metal bands. Yeah, that are openly satanic. Uh, the Cradle of Filth, they have Satanism all over stuff. And uh, when you actually go back and watch some of their videos, some of their videos are pretty harsh. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> some very gratuitous graphic. And this was before like YouTube and whatnot, and they had like movies all over the place, blood, guts, gore. But I also like to listen to like Dark Throne or Revenge. That's a Bastille black metal band, Arch Goat. There's also Destroyer 666. That's a Australian black and thrash metal band. Well, I, guys, you know I love talking about horror flicks and music. Horror movies, and I also yeah. like talking about classic World of Warcraft. But unfortunately, those three topics, sooner or later, my audience starts taking off. They're like, ah, oh, he's just too much into that. <laughs> we might want to try to get ourselves into a exactly. topic. Exactly. If I'm in the World of Warcraft, I'm going to put my entire audience to sleep. Go ahead. Oh, you like World of Warcraft? <laughs> Oh, hell yeah, man. I'm talking about before Cataclysm, though. I'm talking about all the way up to the, uh, you know, the, uh, what was... Wrath of the Lich King? Yes, Wrath of the Lich King. Oh, I was going to say, you know, I that's when I, uh, I stopped playing. I'm 24, and, you know, I played it a lot uh, up until <laughs> Wrath of the Lich King, and then after that, it just fell off, and I, I've had no. I, I never really got into Warcraft. I'm more into like tabletop gaming and whatnot. Uh, I was uh, really recently, young when that game was popular. Uh, but my recently, uncle was. we've been doing a vamp. Uh, our one buddy 
uh, from Brazil, he comes up and uh, he's been, uh, we've been running a campaign with him uh, in Vampire the Masquerade and it's old school second edition vampire and it's pretty fun. Yeah, my uh, my brother, he's into board games, and he also likes uh, doing the magic cards. No, folks, he's not some kind of evil guy. He just likes the cards, and they're pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Wizards of the Coast is going through some serious shit right now since uh, the whole OGL nonsense thing at the beginning of last year, uh, where they uh, tried to uh, do away with the OGL, which would have... Uh, really hurt a lot of gaming gamer uh, game tabletop rank gaming creators i am a fan of uh of the the fantasy uh games you know, physical ones that you play uh, on the like warhammer is it? and uh those type of uh, games. i've been curious about Talk warhammer i've never had a chance to play it mm -hmm. the game like i've been playing right now is prototype that's a really good game. Play as Alex Mercer. He's infected with called the Black Light Virus. And I have a friend who's trying to call me on Discord. <laughs> um, Sorry about that. My friend was trying to call me on Discord. He's a really good friend of mine for losing Yano. Uh, one of my favorite little hobbies that I, I do recognize off on the, the side is... <laughs> one of my favorite little hobbies that I like to do on the side is paint miniatures. And this is a... Uh, Young White Dragon miniature for the Dragon of Ice Fire Peak for D&D. That it was a campaign that we've been slowly playing. Oh, we need to get back to it here in my household. And so I painted this up. I have like a bunch of other miniatures over here that I painted as well. Oh, um, I was going to say, uh, on your guitar there, I, I like the, the way it got the sticker there, the radioactive. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of like a punk, like a punk uh, record, and I'll, I have a lot of stickers on my guitar. Like I have Kush Frost, I have some really good stuff, Sodom, Sepultura. I even have a uh, Forever Plagued Records. That's a band from Pencil. Uh, that's a record store on. Uh, it's a Pennsylvania record store. Yeah, it looked it looks good. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what about you, uh, Brett? Are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't see you on, so I wasn't, I wasn't sure. Uh, what kind of, uh, what kind of things do you like? Like, what, uh, what are your hobbies? Well, I like. Uh, I used to be a former musician. My brother ended up fully taking over the band, and he's doing his thing. And from time to time, goes out and does shows and all that. Nowadays, I spend most of my time writing books and doing these shows and doing the radio. I really enjoy that. I get to talk about whatever on my mind and also rock out to any kind of music I want. And I have a license for it, so I can just play whatever I want. I don't have to worry about copyright nasty stuff. Oh yeah, I've been trying. I've been doing some bit. Listening to some of my vinyls, I was listening to a bit of Possessed, Seven Churches, really great death metal album band. After getting out of like a classic World of Warcraft, I ended up getting into Bethesda games like Oblivion, Morrowind, Skyrim, and Skyrim Fallout is series. Oh yeah, Skyrim. Yeah. Yes. So, so you the like the open game. world gaming, there, Brett? Yeah, the last game that I have tried that I was really looking forward to, but it went woke, was Starfield. 
<laughs> and that really broke my heart. That oh, made me, that okay. made me have bad thoughts. No, no, no. I've no. never played any of those. Yeah, I, mean, well, I played not Skyrim. I should, I should correct myself. I have played Skyrim. Yeah, well, Starfield Skyrim was supposed to be Starfield was supposed to be a game where you create your character and you explore space, you an unlimited it. amount of planets to visit and all that. It was supposed to be great. But as soon as I'm creating my character, it asks me, are you a woman? Are you a he, she, it, they, and them? And I'm like, what in the hell is this? <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, I, thought I, of, I, I, I think I the last that game that going. I played that was like that was, uh, it was a Conan game. I actually have it, but it takes forever to load into the uh, Xbox One that I have. It, it's a open world concept where you can play as Conan and or... A Conan character in the Hyborian kingdoms. Jeez, I thought I thought Red Dead Redemption Two takes a long time to get loaded oh, on yeah. my Xbox One. That, that one's kind of slow to load for sure. Yeah, but that game yeah. is awesome though. And also, I it, play, last uh, time I tried to update that Conan game, it said that it was going to take eight hours just to update. Eight hours? You know, uh, and I I have fiber optic internet, so we got screaming fast internet. And it still said it was going to take something like six to eight hours. You know, that is one of the issues. You know, nowadays, you know, we, since we don't use the... What disc, else, definitely, this? Yeah. I, uh, I, where I live, out here in Midwestern Canada, uh, out in the country, we, we have uh, satellite internet. And, you know, it, it works, but it's better than nothing. And... Uh, the updates sometimes take several days long just to get something done. I'd rather have the, you know, the discs and. What's up, Death Metal Leaders? How you doing, brother? Get it done with. Hold on. If we do not get the tip skull, we're gonna end the live stream. Period. Because I am Dark Side Phil. We're gonna end this stream if you'll give me the tip skull. Because <laughs> that's how I think of the TST. I think of as of uh, Dark Side Phil begging for tip skull. So, Michael, I got to ask you, you said, one, you're a Mormon. Number two, you're in Canada. So you're dealing with that Justin Trudy guy, right? Oh, Ooh. boy. I'm oh, sorry. What's that I'm, all sorry. About? I'm sorry that you have to deal with that, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry you got – I'm sorry that he uh, he's walking around all over the world making making the country look uh, – Look, we're gonna back. make you do great again. I'm, I'm you... pretty sure I can arrange for a pitchfork to be shoved up uh, where the sun don't shine with him. Are you able to summon yeah, something? Probably like that, that though. That's, that's the problem. problem. We, we can send him on a permanent summer vacation. I don't know if anyone Ooh, saw the. Yeah, I say that sounds pretty nice. <laughs> it just it, it might stink of a little bit of brimstone if you catch my drift. You know, just in, in World of Warcraft, you know, send them, uh, send them off, uh, you know, somewhere. But uh, I don't know if any of you saw the Tucker Carlson Putin interview. Oh no, yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't sat down for that. Well, I was really surprised because you know Canada never really gets mentioned, but uh, the Parliament of Canada, Justin Trudeau, invited uh, an actual Nazi because we were talking about. And earlier in your in the interview, or uh, when you were talking about, you know, the actual meaning of Nazi, this was a literal Nazi SS officer from, uh, you know, World War Two, that they invited when mm -hmm. uh, Zelensky uh, came to Canada to speak, and uh, they were all clapping for him for fighting. They were they said, 
for fighting against the Russians in World War II, and because he was Ukrainian, and uh, they were all clapping for him, and then it came out, oh yeah, he was a, a Ukrainian SS uh, Nazi collaborator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Putin was really bothered by this, obviously, because one of the reasons he has an issue with the Ukraine was over that, and then they're over there celebrating. So that was mentioned in the Putin conversation. It was yeah, a really, right? really. Good I find discussion. it. I find it absolutely hilarious on yeah, how here. America, uh, how America is so anti-Nazi and everything. And they're like, oh, he's a Nazi. He's a Nazi. He's a Nazi. We don't agree with him. So he's a Nazi. I am a and Nazi. Yet, and then we're oh, back when Russia invaded the Ukraine, we're all supporting Ukraine. And Ukraine is actually a national socialist run country. Mm -hmm. Well, that that's the thing. Uh, and, you know, it like uh, like Brett was saying. It, it's disgusting the fact that this is someone who's actually murdered uh, or been responsible for, act, you know, killing uh, who knows how many people being applauded. And, uh, you know, now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there because you don't know if he actually did any of that. He could he was part of the party. That doesn't mean he pulled the trigger on anybody. That doesn't mean he stuffed anybody in the oven it doesn't mean that he actually did anything horrendous he uh, could have well, just been working wherever for, i did research because i i always like to do my research and this individual was um was responsible for uh you know uh going out and and shoot it he did he did actually commit that uh so that okay that's so when you did you actually did your research okay then yeah. I stand corrected. You know, you do know whether. Okay, so, and you can uh, look, I stand I corrected. Encourage people to, to look look up this individual, who the speak. You can look up Speaker of uh, Canadians Canada's Parliament, uh, uh, Speaker Roja, uh, invite uh, invites uh, uh, SS uh, Nazi from Ukraine, uh, and and the crimes he was responsible for. And, and what that, year did this happen in? Because a lot of people from back then, uh, during World War II, they're pretty up there in age now. He would have had to have been pretty young when mm -hmm. he was over there, uh, when he was fighting in the war, uh, to still be kicking it right now. Uh, well, I think he was in his 90s. Oh, but people thought, Damn. like, he was there dressed. You know, people thought he was, you know, some great veteran. And... Sure. Uh, you know, everyone was was clapping for him and everything. Yay! We're clapping. We're well, so good, you, Mister Nazi. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna flat out say that you know when you've actually seen combat, it doesn't matter what side of a war you've been on. A war for everybody who's in it is hell. It, it's torture and it leaves scars. So, you know, whether he was on the wrong side or the right side of a war, it really doesn't matter. Uh, some of the shit that he had to see most likely took a lot of bravery to face and then come home and try to lead a normal life afterwards. The fact of the matter is, is uh, he wasn't arrested or tried at the Nuremberg trials. So he wasn't done anything like that. He's been allowed to live all the way into his 90s, as you've made very clear. That leads me to believe that even though he fought against the Allied troops, against uh, against. Uh, that even though he was an SS officer, 
that he had to have done something to allow himself to remain free and not be taken to the gallows or not be taken to the guillotine or anything like that after uh after world war ii ended and the nuremberg trials were going on well he had had, you know forged some papers and that but regardless i do agree that there were a lot of individuals who had you know uh been forced and drafted um well one thing that's not commonly known about the nazi party is everybody tries to say that the nazis were all against the jews and they weren't they were actually against the bolsheviks when you actually read uh, Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf, he only mentions uh, the Jews directly um, three times in the entire book, and he's not really focused on them. He's very focused on the Bolshevists, though, and unfortunately, during World War II, the Bolshevists were mostly in the Jewish community, um, and that's the unfortunate part. And I think that had a very big role to play in the early on of what started um, what started the push against the Jewish community. Because we had many, and it's actually starting to come out now, there was a lot of Jewish uh, Nazi officers that were very high-ranking. They were very close to Adolf Hitler. Um, I believe Adolf, uh, we were talking earlier uh, on how the Nuremberg laws uh, look at things, as well as rabbinical law, on uh, how no, they all look at things of what how much Jewishness is decided or determined within an individual uh, in in the law, and we see that if I understand things correctly, Adolf Hitler's own mother was actually Jewish. And so that means genetically, biologically, by rabbinical law, as well as Nuremberg law or Nazi law, Adolf Hitler was half Jew. And yet he was still the Fuhrer. He was still the leader of the whole thing, and even though he himself was Catholic. Um, so that is very interesting that a lot of people tend to miss. And there was a lot of high ranking openly Jewish officers in the Nazi military. And we even, there was even like one very high ranking SS officer who was openly gay. And so it, this really punches a lot of holes in a lot of the narratives that we are led to believe about the Nazi party back then. And I'm not sitting here trying to make any sort of apology. I don't want people mistaking me in this. I'm not apologizing. I'm not trying to justify or anything of what went on in world war ii but just like with the church satan and anton way i'd like to see people make sure that they have a clear understanding of what they're talking about before we go pointing fingers at, at accusatorily at everybody well i i agree and i think it's important that that the history and that the truth well you know the, in its full context is presented and uh, especially you know putin also mentioned and it's true that uh, a lot of Ru- i think uh, more russians and and polish people and all different kinds of people uh were were killed uh in in the world war ii uh you know when the germans invaded and 
and so it wasn't it wasn't just Jews that were that were targeted. It was it was a, a war thing. So uh, it, it wasn't uh, it was very unfortunate how many Jews died. But a it lot was. of people it don't. Really was. Also, it's unfortunate don't. just how many people in general died, not just Jews, but just in general. Exactly. But uh, people also have, you know, people also need to look at the other people who also uh, died, as you as you mentioned. Um, but uh, I guess, you know, and the allies were not in, uh, innocent of war crimes as well. I mean, the exactly. Bombing, yeah. The bombing of Germany was horrific. I mean, I did. They, they would send. Uh, what was it? They, uh, Dresden. They came Dresden. in two waves. Yeah. They came in two waves, and they first uh, dropped the blast bombs. They blanket bombed the entire cities, and then they would leave them for an hour or so to let people start coming out of the shelters. And then they came in, they firebombed them, and you would see like melted bodies in the streets. I've seen pictures; it's horrific. What? And this was an Allied attack on civilian targets. We we actually did that to them. And yeah, and uh, also you can. Uh, there's stories about General Patton and was it Sicily, uh, and uh, there were a number of crimes of, of Allied war crimes uh, there and in uh, Italy. We like to talk about the Nazi not concentration camps, but we almost never talk about the American concentration camps where we locked up the Japanese. We were doing almost the exact same thing. We almost were sending Japanese to death chambers. Unfortunately, you know, fortunately, the war ended before it came to that, but we were well on the road. I've seen documentation from the American military where they were talking about doing that. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's you don't oh, yes. see the horrific things that the Asian cultures do. I mean, they oh, do yes. We, oh, yeah. Like the, you know, the massacre of Nat King. Is one of them, and the uh, the the like walk like like literally the Japanese did like this uh, like this walking to death basically forced all the prisoner war to like basically walk many miles without food and water. They would take bamboo and shove it under people's skin, mm -hmm. and then stick them in feces um, to get infections. You know, yep. Like they would they would literally put them in the outhouses with open cuts all over them just to get an infection they would leave them sit there while japanese soldiers would come in piss and shit all over them yeah someone, someone mentioned uh, uh, the the japanese as well the the japanese i uh, i would say uh, they were almost I, I, what they did to the chinese and the russians uh camp I was unit 741 751 uh Yes, they did really unethical, like very fucked and, up experiments. And even to this day, even to this day, Japan and China are very cold to each other. You get racism oh, yeah. on mm -hmm. both sides, even though they're Asians. And to the outside world, you can't tell, you know, somebody like me or, you know, us here, we could hardly tell the difference between a Japanese, a Korean, and a Chinaman. Mm -hmm. Yet, they can tell with each other. They can they can identify each other very quickly, um, and the racism that we see between them is astounding. You know that the yeah the, the Japanese 
hate Chinese, the Chinese hate Japanese, and the Koreans are stuck in the middle. Mm -hmm. And and divided north and south. They're they're uh, oh yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Exactly. And yeah. Things don't seem to be getting much better with uh Biden and uh, the the situation there in the Middle East. Nothing has ever been better since when Biden got in. <laughs> At least Donald Trump managed to walk into North Korea alongside Kim Jong Un exactly, and yes. start chilling out the conflict there. As soon as they got Trump out of office, all everything heated back up. Yeah, now everything's worse because they got Sleepy yeah. Joe going around and take his damn pills going. Uh, I need that chocolate chocolate chip ice cream. He doesn't even get that out. He falls asleep before he says that. <laughs> it melts, yeah. Yeah, uh, does everybody... Uh, can we have some chocolate chocolate chip ice cream so that way we can make him jealous? It's rough. <laughs> it is very rough indeed. You know, you asked me, it was funny because you asked about how it was living under Trudeau, but, you know, so I used to think it was... Uh, it couldn't get any worse, but then when I look at how Biden runs the show, I think, you know what? I think I'll, I think I'll stay with it. You know, if I had to. Exactly. Definitely. I was just looking at an old apartment of mine from back like 10 years ago when, uh, when I lived up in Pennsylvania and back then, by the time I moved out of the apartment, we were paying about eight fifty a month, uh, for the apartment it was a big three-bedroom apartment it was pretty sizable and we only had to pay about 800 bucks a month and i just looked it back up and its current rental rate is 1300 dollars a month jeez that's a big scam right there in nowadays well come up come up that's pretty normal nowadays that's yeah, it is there. it yeah. is it's thanks to goddamn inflation you can add a another five hundred for that and pay uh, eighteen hundred dollars for a room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and well, you know, it's it's absolutely hard. ridiculous. You know, we're paying. You know, imagine that. Imagine you're a you. Imagine you're just moving out. You go to college. You go to university. Um, you're struggling. You're working two, three jobs on top of trying to take your classes. And then you can't live on campus for whatever reason. And so you're forced to rent an apartment and you're sitting there and you have to pay over a thousand dollars a month when you can barely clear that just to feed yourself and pay your other bills. How do you manage that? Who knows, really? Like, who fucking knows? I'll be right back. No problem, man. What do you think, Brett? Do you think do you think Bidenomics is working out? No, I knew before he even got voted in it was going to be shit. The guy was already showing symptoms of dementia and whatever yeah. else retardation he's got going on. So I knew it was going to be a shit sandwich without the bread before he even got voted in. Exactly, but like that's the point. Like everything that Biden is doing, and now you got like like these. Idiotic influencer like Dylan Delvine going to Joe Biden, and you could just have to tell Joe Biden's like, uh, I will do what you told me to do, even though I have no idea what you're saying, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. you know, I always thought uh, Joe Biden when he said when he was first saying, uh, "I'm running, I'm Joe Biden, and I'm running for Senate." 
knew <laughs> right there. Uh, and I forgot that he also was opposed against gay marriage, too. He's also funded by the KKK. He was Joe. That makes Biden. sense because he is a Democrat. You know, you look at Joe Biden's history, like like all the things he was uh, for back in the day, and uh, suddenly flip flopped on. Uh, mm-hmm. He makes uh, he makes Trump look like a uh, 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 a liberal, you know, today. Yeah, like Trump is more exactly, liberal yeah. than compared to fucking Biden. Yeah, but you know, you well, that's, to- that's something that a lot of the leftists don't seem to understand is the Democrats. Uh, tend to flip-flop back and forth. The Democrats, they were the ones who founded the KKK. They were the ones who funded it, and they still have KKK members uh, providing them funds today. A lot of people don't realize this. And Joe Biden, he's there's plenty of pictures of him, him running around with, um, I, don't, I don't know if it was one of their grand warlocks or cyclopses or whatnot, but he was an elderly man in a wheelchair and there's pictures of him and Joe Biden hanging out, and you know it's openly known that this guy, who is a KKK like Grand Wizard or Warlock or whatever, um, that he's funding them. He's funding Joe Biden and whatnot. I think she is absolutely gorgeous. I wouldn't say no. I, I know she's a friend of yours. Same I know she's a friend of yours, Brett, but she's good looking. What did that shirt say? Oh, it's uh, it's kind of a thing, a nickname people gave me a while back, so I ended up making a t-shirt of it. It's called Manatee Mayhem. <laughs> Just yeah. like standing for Christ. Yeah. So there's All that. I have to say is she is absolutely gorgeous. Well, I know. why not? Here's my buddy TTOR wearing another shirt of mine. Evolution is magic. <laughs> I like, like, you need to put that picture around there. Where's it, Harry? <laughs> that was. Uh, I'm gonna take my guitar, use it as a flying broom, or shred on the air. And where do, where do you get those at? What guitar? No, the uh, the shirts. Oh, there's a link in the description for people who want to check out my merch. I don't just do shirts; I also got all kinds of other cool stuff too. But yeah, I got about a hundred shirts I've designed and toys. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, hey, if you want to learn a little bit about Anton LaVey, go down to Georgia to Graveface Museum. Yeah, I have some lives in Georgia. I would definitely like to go there, go to Georgia someday. Savannah, Georgia, Graveface Museum. You won't regret it. You want to learn about uh, cult leaders, serial killers, uh, and Anton LaVey, that's the place to go. You know, it's a an entire Uh, exhibit up over them. It's a shame that uh, some crazy people decided to blow up the Georgia Guidestones. I was planning to visit those. Yeah, they're, they were only like 15 minutes away from my house. Literally, that was 15 minutes away from me. And uh, is there any plans on uh, on rebuilding nope. that? or No, nope, they're not going to rebuild them. They don't even know who funded them. The, uh, the, company, the company that put them up still exists. But they, their documentation, it was deliberately designed to be very cryptic, and it costs millions of dollars in donations from this anonymous source to even have them erected. You know, it's a real shame when uh, uh, these, these, you know, these, these kind of, I, I, I'll just call them crazies. You know, I don't like to go around insulting people, but. 
I think when you do something like that, uh, I mean, they're stones. They're, they're, they're not. I, I'm against globalism. I'm against uh, all that. But I, I genuinely, I think uh, there's there's a lot to talk about with the stones. But I think, you know, the, the stones that were just sitting there weren't doing anything. People really wanted to address something real. I'm not condoning anything, by the way. I'm just saying, you know, it's a it's a pretty crazy thing to to do. Yeah, the stones were Rosicrucian. They had nothing to do with Satanism or devil worship. Yet a lot of people like to say that they were, but they were Rosicrucian in nature, which means they were more like Christian sorcery. Well, you know, uh, a lot of people. Uh, well, a lot of the kind of the. I don't, I don't want. I don't like to say everyone, but there's a lot of anti-Mormon propaganda that, uh, like the the cartoons that uh, you can see on YouTube. It said like, uh, it's, um, I think an evangelical cartoon um, that that has a lot of uh, misinformation. Um, that says uh, that that really distorts things, such as with Jesus and uh, Lucifer being brothers, um, misportraying that as uh, well. All of the uh, all of the uh, spirits in heaven were spiritual, you know, children, so they were all siblings, just like all human beings are uh, technically. We believe spirit children, so everyone is a brother and sister. But uh, it's uh, it's a shame when uh, people distort the truth. Uh, what do you what do you think the truth is? The reality of it. I've seen the cartoon where all the gods are sitting around the table and they're chilling out, and then Satan turns all red and grows horns, and it gets all metal like. All of a sudden, it's like, yeah, I <laughs> so. What what's your view? What's the right representation? Well, so uh, that is, uh, like I said, that the the they're they're not lying in the sense that Jesus and Lucifer, before he was turned into Satan, were brothers, and so were a third of the hosts of heaven. Uh, but all of the other spirit children were brothers and sisters if that makes sense. Um, so they're just singling out Jesus and Lucifer to kind of make it sound like uh, they were. Now, the plan of salvation was presented for all of humanity. This is before Adam and Eve. Well, in the cartoon, it said, and all the gods spoke amongst themselves, and they were debating these different issues, and there was yeah. something that the devil did, or the Mormon version of the devil, that... Uh, caused him to uh, become this like monstrous looking thing. So how do you see it though? What what actually happened according to you? Well, what happened was that uh, there was a proposal. There was a, it was called the Heavenly Council, and basically uh, this was before Genesis, before the Earth was even created. And uh, the plan was, what are we going to do for? The, the first creating humans of the physical body for the spirits to dwell in and the the all of the at the heavenly council they had agreed uh 
with Jesus Christ being the Savior and giving humans free will to do right and wrong and to reject salvation or to choose it. Uh, Lucifer uh, wanted everyone uh, to become gods. Uh, again, this is our beliefs, not uh, everyone can choose whatever they want to believe. That's, I'm sorry for interrupting you there. That's actually pretty close in line to what satanic philosophy says, by the way. Well, what's also odd, though, is from what I've read about uh, Mormons, you guys do believe that you eventually become gods after you die. Not angels, but actual gods who own can create your own universes and worlds. So it sounds to me like your version of Satan actually won in this concept. Well, uh, so the concept of free will is where he rebelled and was cast out. So we have the free will to choose to reach to, to it's 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 not everyone just uh, gets the power that's what exaltation is 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 being reaching an exalted state of god uh godhood basically of divinity uh as god or elohim is god the father and having that uh progression after afterwards and um after which we would have the same ability to do it says as man was god is and as god is man can be if i remember that cartoon accurately and it has been a while so you have to correct me on this because i've also looked at the jehovah witness comic books and cartoons as well pretty neat stuff but the mormon cartoon that same cartoon didn't it represent that uh, all the bad people turned black. So that's where they that that's that's where they're uh, presenting that falsely. It says that the there was a mark they were placed with a mark. Um, now that is a spiritual mark. Um, we don't. Yeah, but in the cartoon, they actually all turn black. Right. Does it actually say a spiritual mark, not a physical mark, or just does it say mark? Well, in the cartoon, they actually all turn physically. Yeah, in the cartoon, they all turn into black uh, people, and it says that this is the, what the Mormons believe is the cause for the uh, the black. Uh, I think that's what they said. Um, well, that's it, sort of similar to what we say about the mark of Cain, that the mark of Cain is well, we actually a sigil or anything. It's a physical uh, likeness to Lucifer, being that Lucifer was blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and white-skinned, while the rest of the people in that part of the world were very swarthy and dark-skinned in color, dark-eyed, dark-haired. So it, it, it sort of tracks with that. Well, in the... Uh, I'm going to just read a short thing, if you don't mind, from the, the book of... Uh, mormon second nephi from the original uh, version that i have i have an old I, I an older version it says and then shall they rejoice for they shall know that it is a blessing unto them from the hand of god and their scales of darkness shall begin to fall from their eyes and many generations shall not pass away among them save they shall be a white and delightsome people now, 
that that's where the interpretations can kind of go into. Is that about race? Is that about physical appearance? But that's where that comes from. Could you go ahead and repeat that again? Because I don't quite think I got all of it. And then shall they rejoice, for they shall know that it is a blessing unto them from the hand of God, and their scales of darkness shall begin to fall from their eyes, and many generations shall not pass among them or pass away among them, save they shall be a white and a lightsome people. Well, actually, I don't think that has any sort of connotation to race or physical appearance at all. That uh, that describes as just more or less to me, and people can correct me if I'm wrong. That says that just like how most Christians say that, unless you accept God, you're blind to the truth and scales of darkness. That would sound more like if you're describing cataracts or something like that. I, I myself I haven't got too much into this, but usually on a biblical level, it's described that the different races came from the Tower of Babel as people started spreading out all over the world. And based upon the environment, the weather, sun, cold, rain, winter, and all that, this is the reason why the skin changed of different people. At one time, we all spoke the same language, but our tongue was confused because of God. Remember? Yep. Yeah. 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 I remember. And, uh, that ironically, that story really doesn't talk about different races. It just says that the people of Babel were scattered to the ends of the earth and their um their languages were confused. But the logical thing right there would be that due to their environment, they were changed appearance. Right. Wasn't that they were evil or, you know, did something wrong or kicked the devil in the foot or something like that. It's just uh, the, the irony about the iron. Sorry, Brett. The irony of the story of Babel isn't is that they they wanted to go see God in heaven. They were trying to build a way to go to heaven to actually see God in person. And so it wasn't really them trying to be defiant or anything from my understanding of the story of Babel. They were they were trying to be, you know, they were trying to go see their God and actually be with God. And in turn, he they the power was struck down and they were punished for wanting to go visit their God and whatnot. That's my understanding of it. I know Christians will say, no, they were trying to be like God. They were trying to build a tower up to be above God or whatnot and be as gods. And it's like, I didn't take that from that story at all. Well, you know, here's here's something interesting. I don't know, uh, Brett or anyone else here, if you're familiar with, uh, in Mormonism, we believe that, uh, and this is in the, the Book of Mormon, that it was actually a good thing that Eve ate the apple, uh, well, ate from the tree of knowledge, because if she didn't, then none of us would be here right now. Um, I hear you there. Because we would not have known any. Number one, we wouldn't. They wouldn't have had any offspring, and it was uh, because they were uh, inevitably they were immortal. So immortals. I mean, if I don't know how many out there, like uh, just to simplify this, if you've ever seen the Highlander or a Dracula movie, the reason why Dracula or Highlander there can be only one because they're immortal. 
mm-hmm. their body can't produce the if they had something in their womb it wouldn't grow or formulate does that make sense folks trying to keep it simple it for does us. that that's actually it, it makes sense but you know i i don't think anywhere in the bible does it say that they were immortal nor does it say that they couldn't have kids while they were in the garden just simply well they, they, they didn't have so they they wouldn't have had i will say this is that it's it's very highly suggested i mean uh, well it also doesn't mention lilith but that's another topic but it's very, it does in the rabbinical legend yes. it also mentions that in older bibles in the book of isaiah her name still is brought up by name mm-hmm. yeah yeah but and but, in rabbinical law or rabbinical lore she was the first wife of adam before eve that's right and in uh and in uh mormonism her role and uh as well as uh with the books of enoch which uh are not in the standard uh christian bible to my knowledge um give more information about what happened before the flood but uh before i uh, without i i don't want to i don't want to digress but uh, as Britt was saying, uh, because of the immortality um, issue, uh, without, uh, you know, the, the point of, of human life, uh, at least from the, our perspective, is that we live for a certain amount of time, die, and then the soul goes on and then uh, ideally would reach an exalted state and become uh, like God, and then go on uh, from there. Kind of Some call it the glorified body. That's right. Yeah. Um, um, let me ask you a question there, man. Um, just really quickly, uh, sticking with the whole Genesis story, and you mentioned that it was a good thing that Eve didn't listen to God or Adam and actually ate of the fruit of knowledge. What do you think of the part of Genesis where God tells Adam that? If he eats of the fruit, he will die within that day. Now, he doesn't, mind you, when I say this, I point out that in the Bible, he doesn't say he will die a spiritual death. He doesn't say that you will suddenly become mortal and eventually die. He says you will surely die within that day, meaning, you know, it, to me, it's quite literal that he's going to die within 24 hours. Uh, what is what do you take from that and what do you take from the notion that that didn't happen that god in if that notion was that was very literal and very correct um that adam and eve proved god wrong in that instance and or even proved god to be a liar in that instance what what would you take from that well, what's a- your what's your personal take on that go ahead well one is the translation of you, whether or not it was directed as uh, a direct you to the person or to the people, meaning you as in this current state, uh, as in you will die, which their the garden, their existence would die, uh, which did happen, or that it was meaning uh, your prod, you, your uh current state die which happened the other is that adam uh, there's the adam god doctrine um which is that adam 
fulfilled his purpose at that point, and Adam was exalted. Adam did die and was resurrected as uh, the god of uh, uh, humanity and became a god himself at that point, fulfilling his purpose. Now, really quickly, so there's that, we're that talking one I straight in the Bible in the book of Genesis here. I, I'm not sure what other books you're referencing when you talk about that one, but that's not mentioned in the book of Genesis from my understanding. There's well, you're you're absolutely right that a lot of that information isn't in Genesis. Unfortunately, uh, and I maybe unfortunately is not the right word to use for it, but uh, the Bible tends to explain things as it goes along, and unfortunately, sometimes you have to go to another book and another book. And I found that too. Yeah, you're, you're correct on that. As um, far as as far as the um, just real quick. The reason why a lot of Christians or denominations out there suggest that Adam and Eve, there wasn't like uh, pain and suffering and death, because it says that when God created them, they were perfect. The world was perfect. They were perfect. And it wasn't until they ate from the tree, it wasn't so much eating from the tree, but it was disobeying God that caused death and sin to come in the world where everything started to break down through entropy, if that makes sense. Go ahead. It, it does make sense, and I just want to add. This is another reason why I don't, why I'm uh, pretty sure they would not have had children. Is that God came and He asked them why they were, uh, why they were uh, ashamed of their nakedness, uh, because if you recall that they covered up the, their their nakedness uh, after knowing of the the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and this shows that they would not have even known about <laughs> sexuality uh, to me because they didn't even know that being naked was uh, an issue before then. And then suddenly they were, uh, you know, concerned about this. They were ashamed of that or they were, you know, uh, they had, they knew about sexuality, in other words. So uh, I, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have gone on to reproduce, uh, have, have children, um, and I think that, um, and also so they would have been kept in free will, right? They wouldn't have had free will to be able to see good from evil, right and wrong, all that a moral system, exactly. Exactly, so they would have been kept in deliberate ignorance, they would have been well, like autonomous, like, uh, just simply vessels walking around with nothing. God actually, even before they ate the tree, he gave them information that they could have the possibility of disobeying by simply suggesting if you eat from that tree, then you're disobeying me and you're doing something wrong. Eat whatever you want, but don't touch that. God is instilling the information into them before they even did it. They're being given knowledge by God. But they're being given specific knowledge and withheld from other knowledge. But that's my point right there is that in that moment, and you make a very good point there, Brett, uh, God instilled information to Adam when he was talking about that. And he ordered Adam to instill all the same information to Eve. And part of that information was a deception. He didn't, he didn't give a clear cut, um, full explanation. He just simply said, within that day, you shall surely die. Nothing more than that. And you can check that in the Bible yourself. And right there, that's a deception because we know from the Bible, 
in the same story that Adam and Eve did not die within that day. They went on to live for thousands of years. Well, and again, had many numerous also, children and their children lived for hundreds of years. It's also important to know a couple of things like I was saying, knowing the reading it in the original Hebrew, number one, number two, keeping in mind. Actually, it was Aramaic, not Hebrew. Uh, knowing the concept of um, of day that it was used in that uh, sense um, was still being used in that uh, in, in Genesis at that time. It, it, I'm not saying this is fact. I'm just saying as a, as a theory anyway, because no, no one is exactly sure. Um, I, I think that's a possibility. And also um, just the fact that there's many things we don't know for sure. And I think that uh, the fact that God gave the information and had it planned out and, and uh, keeping in mind the, the whole point of making people and uh, keeping, you know, the veil of forgetfulness. I think that that, that kind of tracks, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to point out that, and Brett brought that up before from God 777. Brett, could you bring that back up, please, so people can see it? It's in the uh, comments. One God about go forth and multiply. Yeah, um, actually, this is really good. Thank you, One God uh, 777, uh, for pointing this out. Before Adam and Eve even ate of the fruit of knowledge, you mentioned that they couldn't reproduce or anything this was something that god told adam and eve to do to go forth and multiply within the garden so he was already telling them to have children so they could have children well i, I think this was actually after they did the tree after he punished uh, the woman with labor pains and told the man that he would be working the fields all of his existence and all that he then told them that you know they were going to leave paradise an angel would stand guard and he said, bear fruit, multiply. And that's where we start seeing children coming into the picture, the whole Cain and Abel. And then Seth. I'm sure you guys heard of Seth, right? Right. Yeah, uh, th yeah that's, this was, um, this was, uh, that's a good uh, uh, quote, uh, verse there. Actually, that was, that was right after they were um, expelled. I'd have to double check, but I on a personal <laughs> note, I have to disagree. I think that was before, but. You know, it, it'd be good. To I could be wrong. <laughs> that up, and, and we could uh, maybe all uh, get that straightened. Uh, let me go ahead and look it up. I think that's in. Let me see here. Genesis three. No, Genesis two seven has Cain. Genesis one twenty eight. Then God told them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Uh, have dominion over the fish, the sea, over the birds and the air and over all living things. Uh, so that's in the first chapter, the 28th verse. So no, this was before Adam and Eve uh, well, broke trust with God. Well, chapter two has Cain and then able so what was preceding that well this is in chapter one chapter one verse 28 of genesis is that uh statement and it says uh then god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it 
have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let me pull That's up. That's Genesis 128. 128? Yeah. Let me see here. Sorry, I, ha I have the most powerful to, uh, tool at my disposal right now, and that's the internet. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm old-fashioned. I have the, the physical uh, physical book. Thankfully, it's easy to find. <laughs> Third page. What, what version of the Bible do you have? The JST, the Joseph Smith trans <coughs> translation. Okay, so you have a Mormon version, which is which is very close to. We also I also use the King James version. A lot of people would hate that. <laughs> that was the one I was raised on, though. Go ahead, Devin. I have a friend who has like a. Like a really big book has like all the Bibles into one. Like he, his other friend gave him to it. It was like a big book, and he didn't know where to put it. <laughs> now, like I said, I can just look up on Google the heart. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Um, what I'm reading here in the, uh, the notes underneath is that this is referring to the, uh, now, now this is again up for interpretation, but that this is talking about the things that they have dominion over at the time. It says to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon it. Behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed and which is upon the face of the earth. Yeah. So, I so this is part of where God is teaching Adam. And so the Garden of Eden in this instance, if I'm understanding it, if I'm understanding this interpretation correctly, was that the Garden of Eden was the earth itself. Yes, uh, we do believe that 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 the, that the earth was. Um, at least Which doesn't really make if you really think about it, that sort of runs contradictory to what happens later on where the Garden of Eden. Uh, if they're kicked out of the Garden of Eden and the Garden of Eden is Earth, then what happened? How, how did they get kicked out of Earth yet still be of Earth? So well, if you consider it, it, it's a really complicated issue right there, and that's something that I'm not sure I could fully understand either. Well, there, I, I do think there are some things that we can't really understand in our current state, but I do think that. Uh, uh, that that it was a different plane of existence, and that, and this is where science can't quantify it, and this is where uh, theistic understanding well, I, and study comes in. I I think I think science uh, science could uh, like I mean if you if you look at the different states that Earth has existed in before, um, like I I we don't deny that there were. Uh, that the earth is, you know, millions of years old. Um, 
Well, that depends on which denomination. That depends. I actually have Christian friends. Uh, one of them that hosts my show actually believes the Earth is under ten thousand years old. I, however, yeah, young I'm not a young Earth creationist. Yeah, You're I'm what, not a young Earth creationist, though. Oh, say that again, Brett. I didn't quite understand you. My friend is a young Earth creationist, where he believes the world is much younger than what scientists claim. However, I am what you call an old earth creationist. I don't really believe that's billions of years old, but I will not go under 10,000 years. That's just too, that's just too uh, too much for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm of the belief that the age of the earth uh, and the age of humanity are two different things. Evolution is another thing. Um, I believe, and, and you can actually... Uh, do a, uh, a search and you can uh, divide the, the number of humans and, and go back generations and you can see that the age of humanity uh, can go back to around uh, well, Wait a minute here Michael, are you stating that evolution and creation coincide with each other? No, what I mean is that uh, I think that, that the earth could be billions of years old but humanity uh, could could still be uh, 10,000, 15,000, however many years uh, old. I believe the current estimate in science is that humanity is only about 130,000 years old as we under as, as we are now, not not going back any further to evolution, but as Homo sapien uh, is now like you and me, that that dates back to about 130,000 years. Right. In other words, we weren't, uh, I don't believe in the evolution that we came from fish uh, to, uh, uh, you know, Neanderthal, all this kind of stuff from millions of years. But I do think the earth is millions of years old, uh, if that makes more sense. Well, right. Neanderthal uh, was actually a different species of human. Uh, we we were we walked side by side with each other neanderthal and um i forget what our branch of humanity is called uh we were just like how you would have lions and tigers they're both still cats but they're two totally different big cats and they are they have two physically different body appearances yet they could interbreed with each other if they really needed to they right science like is actually yeah, science has proven that our our branch line of humanity did indeed breed with Neanderthal, and well, but we're it, still two different species of human. It's kind of like the Nephilim, uh, if you read giants. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's a lot different than uh, saying that ever you know we uh, we can't, we we mutated from uh, rats and larvae and all kinds of. It's, def it's definitely, see, my personal belief is that you can only go back so far um, before the Big Bang happens, and then you have to have faith uh, to explain that. Science can explain quite a bit after the big, big Bang, but where science fails, that's where we need religion and theism to sort of try to fill in the gaps. It's not always going to be accurate, but we can at least try to fill in the gaps with it. 
does that mean that we need to be atheists? No, actually, quite the opposite. Does that mean that we need to be hardcore theists? Absolutely not, because then we're just talking stupidity. We need to be pragmatists. And it doesn't matter what religion you have. It doesn't matter what belief you have. You could be a Christian. You could be a Mormon. You could be a Buddhist. You could be a Satanist. You could be a Wiccan. It doesn't matter. As long as you are a pragmatist and you use your religion, your faith, um, to help fill in the gaps where logic and science cannot explain, then I think you're doing pretty good. You guys that realize that there's absolutely no way the atheists will ever be able to answer the issue of the Big Bang because it doesn't. There's no naturalistic explanation. Michael, exactly. would, you like to, yeah. would you like to hear an example of something? And this is something I use our non-believers whenever I'm showing them that the universe has a supernatural origin. I could do this really fast, and you'll probably go, "Wow, you ready?" Yeah. So nature yeah. obviously had a, if the Big Bang is true, then this means that all space, time, and matter came into existence. That would mean that nature had a beginning too. Nature didn't create itself. Now, if this is true, that nature had a beginning, that means there was a point where there was no laws of nature. By definition, what is the definition of supernatural? Anybody? <laughs> I'm looking something up, so... Don't okay, so the definition of supernatural for anybody out there who doesn't feel like looking in your dictionary outside right now is some as a process or system that acts outside of the laws of nature. Now, if you believe in the Big Bang Theory, and most atheists do, as well as religious people, then you believe in a supernatural origin, and you'll never, it's impossible to have a naturalistic explanation for that. And guess what, folks? The Big Bang Theory actually was come up by or invented by a priest who also worked with Albert Einstein. Some people don't know that. And Albert Einstein, uh, contrary to what some people believe, uh, he was not an atheist by any stretch of the imagination. No, he wasn't. I actually made a I actually made a T-shirt about this this thing that I'm about to put on the screen. What's that say? The more I study science, the more I believe in God. Albert Einstein. And you'll notice I also have the page numbers, the resources, and all that. Unlike our atheist friends who like to generate false memes, I actually put sources with it. How about that? You uh, hey, Brett, can I quickly show sh something? Sure. What you got for me, guy? All right, uh, let me see here from the computer, upload file, I need to find it, give me a quick second, I gotta go into the cloven hoof, uh, well, while our, while our buddy, uh, Lucifer's getting that all set up and everything, I will say this, uh, some Christians... Oh, man, it wants a smaller file size, damn it. Okay, uh, I, I just need to do some shit. I can't upload any pictures. Uh, oh. Never mind, I was going to show you uh, something from the Cloven Hook, which is an article that we wrote for the Cloven Hook that covers the whole Big Bang and atheists can't explain it theory from before. Uh, what, what was that, though? Uh, you were about to say something about the Christians? Some Christians... 
Okay, so the thing that a lot of Christians and atheists haven't, uh, for some reason, nobody's talking about this, but I'm a big fan of science as well as theology, and scientists are now claiming the universe has quadrupled the amount that we've been told for the last hundred years. Now it's going from 13, 16 billion years old to 30 billion years old. And the reason why they're trying to stretch out the time is to give evolution more time to be able to make sense. The Earth, they're claiming, may go from 4.5 billion years to 15 billion years old. So they're stretching out the time because of that new telescope they got where they're seeing weird stuff going on and anomalies they didn't know about before. It's turned science upside down. How about that? You know... uh I always say that one of these days that if science was, if, if a lot of these scientists were, you know, had, had a bit more integrity and, and were looking for real things uh, instead of wasting so much time, you know, messing around and, and trying to figure out, you know, what the definition of a woman was, uh, <laughs> then I think that they would uh, find some really interesting things and we could really start progressing a lot more, you know, with. Okay, I think I can share my screen. All right, let's see what you got there, guy. All right. Let's see what we got. That's what I like to say. Let's see what we got. Yeah. All right, so what you're looking at here is the Cloven Hoof magazine. This is a magazine that I produce that we took over from the Church of Satan. Uh, they don't like the fact that we took it over from them, but they weren't using it, and we took it over legally. This is an article from it. Uh, covering the exact topic that you are, that we are talking about here. Uh, shameless plug for my friend uh, Venture Satanas, uh, by the way, um, for his uh, uh, his uh, game, which is Chalt. Uh, but this article covers exactly what we're talking about here with. The, Can uh, you do me a bang. favor and put the picture right on that right picture of the Big Bang? Because I'm going to show you something after you get done talking. On the right-hand picture? Yeah, the one that's uh, an example of the singularity creating the expanding universe, the Big Bang, over on your right side. Okay, let me get over here. That way, That way you all can see exactly what I was talking about and... Some of you out there might be shocked and want to use the argument that I gave you. Now, look at this. That thing that's got the red circles around it, that's described as the pulsating singularity where all energy, matter, time, and space came from. Notice it is before the illustration of the universe coming into existence. That means that it acted and was processing before time itself and matter and nature, therefore mm -hmm. making it supernatural. You can see it for yourself, even though it's exactly, a rock exactly. The and what this Amazing. article, what this article is talking about. Let me get back up here. Um, if you want, I can read the article for everybody. But um, basically, what it's talking about, it's explaining that science can only go back so far and explain things logically so far um, without, you know, any help. But at some point, science stops to functioning. It stops making sense. 
and all you have is rational supposition theory uh and the forbidden word in atheism faith uh, you can only describe something in existence going back to that one singularity point because beyond that point nothing existed nothing that we can understand existed and this is what we call the void the you know the space beyond space it's emptiness and where nothing you know how how do you how does something come into existence when nothing existed to create it from and so you know this is where having religious faith comes in and well something had to come into existence from nothingness what was it or or it has to be the prime mover has to be eternal it is something that's not constrained by time which would be one of the traits of god wouldn't it it would be well then comes here comes the question who created god well that god created man who created god well, that well, would be the point. If he existed outside of the constraints of time, it means that he was but never. That would born. mean that something else existed out of the constraints of time too, and that's well, that's the big, that's the big question right there. And that's this is the this is the whole debate that science cannot answer, and that's the whole point of this. Uh, I think with, with Mormonism, our unique uh, take on this is that uh, before our god there was a, he was created and it, it's sort of an eternal progression that we really don't know the beginning of um and 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 i think that i that that explanation uh that we don't really that we don't know uh what happened before and before it's an eternal thing that we uh Kind of. Well, I, I don't know how the Mormon book tries to describe God's traits or whatever, but in the in the Christian literature, it's usually described by definition that one of the perks of being God is you're eternal, that you've always existed. You were you were not created. You did not come into existence. Even Christ in Revelation, what does he say? I am the beginning and end. I am the Alpha and the Omega. So he's basically saying that he but is the beginning and the end things. of what? Well, it would probably be, I would uh, state, probably the end of matter, time, and space, the end of Well, the that would be the, end, the beginning and end of existence, but we're talking right. about something that existed before existence. Could it be this universe? Could it be this? Uh, well, who's to say that this is the only universe? I mean, exactly. I mean exactly. if we can supposition that there's multiple universes, like, you know, a exactly. multiverse, you know, yeah. what's to say that's this universe wasn't created like you know from another universe maybe it was a being from another universe but that would still well, implicate that god had his own point of origin something created god well the, it's the same thing falls under the problem whenever we're doing the god thing and we're also doing multiverses mm -hmm. as far as multiverses go it's an interesting speculation, and one could actually say there's a good probability that there's multiverses. I know right now scientists are actually stating not only is there our universe, 
but there's actually realms and dimensions of our same universe that an interdimensional. And they're actually proving this through mathematics. And you know, I don't discount science totally. You know, science has strong reasonability. It has a good reason for existing, and it's not always wrong. And mathematics, you know, when done right, I mean, a lot of it's beyond me. My dad was really into quantum physics and whatnot, but uh, I, I could never grasp that on a personal level. Uh, yet I understand that there are um, theories and equations that prove uh, through math that other realms exist that other possibilities of existence can come into existence well the double um, uh, you know things like the double slit uh experiment and things like you know uh the butterfly uh, chaos theory uh there's so the butterfly many butterfly effect yeah yeah uh when you, things like that really always get my mind going uh and and they're very interesting uh, one thing that i always liked uh to think of because it, uh, when I was a child, I had I had a hard upbringing. So, uh, in, in a lot of ways, so anything that I could do to kind of give myself a little bit of a perk, I always enjoyed. And it was a mathematically proven fact that uh, said that anything that can be thought of exists. Anything that can happen does happen. So it's literally like the butterfly effect, but that whole notion right there would always get me to stop and to think, what if the realm of Star Trek was real? Captain Kirk or Jean-Luc Picard flying around the galaxy in the Enterprise, you know, helping people and living a good life, you know, you know fighting the Borg or uh getting into bar fights with klingons you know that that always excited me or what if star wars exists you know somewhere out there in a galaxy far far away you know underneath this principle this mathematic equation all of this exists all of this is potentially real but it's also something that we need to stop and we need to think about the bad side of that because if anything can happen does happen and if anything that can be thought of exists, then we also have to think of the horrible aspects like that. Xenomorphs, predators, and other world-ending aliens, monsters from dimensions that we cannot imagine or fathom, Cthulhu rising up from Relay to crush all mankind. You know, all, all these horrible things, you know, we talk about pinhead coming out of a tiny little puzzle box to peel our skin off and torment <laughs> us it's like you got all these good possible aspects but you also got a lot of these negative ones too and underneath this equation it all exists mr michael as well as lucifer have you guys heard of the flatland theory the flat earth theory no no not flat earth flatland um is that now, is that with the universe yeah the the concept goes like this that we are three-dimensional entities uh you were talking about how you like board games earlier 
Well, it describes us as being like on a board game. And if there is a higher dimension entity, like a fourth dimension, this entity could be all around us. But because of its shape and its dimensions, we wouldn't be able to perceive it, but it could clearly perceive us in the same way a programmer looks at a computer game that he's developing. He sees us, but we can't see him. Sort of like the Matrix. Uh-huh. So, sort of, like, sort of like, a, like a projection kind of, uh, whereas we are the projection that we can't see that. Um, yeah, it'd be like you're a character in a simulation or video game. You're inside the computer, but there's another realm outside the computer where a fourth dimensional entity is watching you at all times and can keep track of everything. He's got the HUD, the UI, everything. And you will not be able to see such entity unless the developer itself allows itself access, such as, I'll give you a simple example, VR, where you become a part of the game or wear an avatar or whatnot, yeah. Uh, I'm going to quickly interrupt you. Kevin, if you want to jump in on this, you've got to speak up. You can't just hold up your finger every time and wait for one of us to acknowledge you. Sorry about that. I'm just listening. It just sounds more like the Matrix, basically. Sorry about that. Well, where do you think movies like The Matrix and ideas for that stuff comes up with? Uh, they, yeah. that, the simulation idea has been around for a century now, so I, oh, yeah. I, I definitely tell come up been sooner. Long, you know, yeah, uh, th- which is a good point there, Brett. And you know that mm-hmm. that all that sort of makes uh, sense, but you know that that would come into whether um, God and Satan are real. You know, that would fall into that. Uh, has anybody ever seen well, the really... movie Clash of the Titans? Yeah, I've seen it in oh, a yeah, while. It. It's been a while, Do you, do you I, remember yeah. that the Olympians had this weird, like, uh, arena, like this miniature arena, and Zeus could take a miniature of anybody and set it in the arena like it was a toy clay miniature of a person, and that would represent that person and it would be like him moving people around on the planet earth and it would actually have effect. It sounds very similar to what you're describing. Yeah. The developer, the developer, if it wanted to, it could actually take away someone's free will in order to adjust what it wants in its plan or in its game. However, if it's a developer that wants its characters to seem alive, then they would let them do choices. But another fascinating aspect is if we lived in a simulation or a game-like thing, there's so many times a developer could have paused the game and did all kinds of adjustments. That we didn't know. know. That's right. Uh, You know, I I really think that's a a really fascinating uh, theory, and and I, I haven't exactly heard of that, but I'm really glad that you've introduced that because that really opens a lot of, uh, doors and uh, kind of fills in some some possibilities that I that I think could could explain and account for a lot of things. One of them that I thought that that I kind of thought of really really quick is um, the whole days uh, theory in Genesis of that being a pause, like you mentioned, um, or even just uh, you know that being the start. Oh, I get what you're going with. You're you're talking about the the difference between time of the four dimensional character and the three dimensional character. Well, you're on to something. If you were to play Fallout right now, days and nights would happen a lot sooner than what they're mm-hmm. actually happening in real time. Yeah. For exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Here's my question with that. Say you're a game developer. Okay. 
Say you're this cosmic game developer, and all we are is sprites in a game. We're, we're pixels or whatever you want to call it. And so say we're this, and you are the game developer. You are essentially God. And you decide to take these characters in your game and move them from one place to another and then do horrible things to them all of a sudden. Like we do in video games, as is. I mean, we, we take these video game characters and we put them in zombie-infested apocalypses and we force them to uh, go swinging from building tops and whatnot and do all sorts of crazy things without any, you know, any remorse or regard for how maybe Peter Parker might feel about hanging upside down from a building uh, in real life. You know, uh, or how uh, someone might feel about being chased down a police station hallway by liquors or zombies or uh, the tyrant nemesis. What what does it, what does that say about God when he takes these same things? You know, being us or this developer takes us and puts us into similar situations where a tank might drive over us or we're fighting in a war and doing all these horrible things. Well, I, and, I think, and um, what, what would that say, you know, about if, about that being, well, well death, I, I think death and life would seem like uh, totally different to a developer though. Wouldn't it? Um, I, I understand what you're saying, but imagine for a moment that the developer actually, gives you a manual, also gives you tablets to tell you, this is how I want the game played. Don't kill, don't do this, don't do that. And, uh, you know, it's up to the NPCs what they're going to do at this point on. I mean, if you think about it, and even Anton would probably agree with this, humanity has always been its worst enemy, its own worst enemy. There's, there's not, yeah. you know, power. Yeah. It, it really does. And that, really that, that was what I was going to um, touch on uh, Brett is that I was going to say that it's not I don't think it's God or in this case the developer that says I'm going to send a tank uh, and a dictator to go and, and smite these people or I'm going to send some school shooter in. It's the actions of, of the, the individuals because of their free will and because of the situation it's kind of like uh, the but how, how do we know it's actually that? Because if the developer can pause the whole scenario and rearrange things without the the sprites or the characters in the game knowing about it, I, uh, how would we know that it's actually the sprites or the characters in the game doing that? And well, I, I think that because the developer, at least, at least from a from a biblical pers perspective. Um, when God does things, it's usually made known when he destroys things. Um, uh, he, when he wants to. Right. Who's when to say, to who's to say, that's that's the whole point right there, though. What's to say that he hasn't paused the game, completely wiped everything out, and started back from scratch numerous times? You know, I've, I've worked in game development before, before right? you do that. According to the theory, it's very possible that the developers done that a, a right. billion times over, might have done that with Adolf Hitler. When Adolf Hitler was doing his thing, it's possible that God could foresee that Hitler was going to destroy the entire world. But he said, all right, time to pause the game and put him in a, oh, I'm in a bunker and missiles are dropping. And, and, and give him a handgun, you know? 
You see what I mean? Yeah. It's just that, like though? the dungeon master or a game master in tabletop RPGs. You know, everybody could be having fun uh, going rogue off the storyline and finally just piss off the dungeon master so much that the dungeon master says, okay, motherfuckers, I'm going to drop Godzilla on your ass. Godzilla's <laughs> <laughs> going after us. Gojira. Or, um, I often think that, uh, the dog excited. I, uh, I, I often think of, um, so many close calls that we don't know about. Um, have you ever heard about that? Godzilla came out of nowhere and scared your dog, there. dog. Have you ever heard of, um, in Russia, there's been multiple times, like well, I guess the Soviet Union it was, where uh, you know they they uh, they thought birds it was birds, but they thought it was the uh, U.S. Uh, launch of nuclear missiles, and someone was sitting there in a bunker, and they all they got was an alarm going off, and they were told to to launch. And, uh, you know, there was there was uh, someone there. There was an individual guy sitting there and he he against the orders uh, of the Soviet leaders. Uh, and and he got fired. He got sent to jail and everything uh, chose not to launch, uh, you know, a, an intercontinental nuclear uh, ballistic missile uh, that would have, you know, Started World War Three and probably killed uh, most of the. This sounds yeah. like the plot line of Crimson Tide with Gene Hackman. Yeah. 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 yeah, Well, you know, and uh, what's that movie with the sub? Uh, October or uh, Red October. I was just thinking of that movie. The yeah, yeah and I didn't talk about that movie. It's been a while since I even watched that movie. Yeah, that Michael, a good movie. Michael. Before it we, is a good movie. Michael, it is. It's a good Michael, one. Michael, before we move too far along to another topic, I do want to suggest something for you. If you are interested in that interdimensional flatland thing that I was talking about, um, a good scientist to listen to about that is Carl Sagan. Look into Carl Sagan flatland, and you'll get to see him describe it really well to you. A lot of theological things are going to spark in your head when you hear it. It sounds like a really good theory, and I, uh, I'll, I'll be searching that up as myself too. It's a very interesting theory. I'm going to say, Michael, you definitely don't sound like most Mormons that I've encountered. You seem Thanks. a lot, a little bit more worldly than most of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I belong to, uh, and, and this might surprise you a bit more. I belong to the righteous branch of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Uh, are we live in that? I'm actually a more we're a fundamentalist uh, Mormon. We we're an offshoot of the Church of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're not the the FLDS the, with the crazy Warren Jeffs. And but we we do <laughs> hey, practice. at least the FLDS has a uh, polygamy, which is fun. Which, uh, by the well, way, the STS also believes in polygamy. We we, well, we, we are allowed we, to have multiple wives. We, yeah, we practice plural marriage. Well, I I won't get into that, but you know, we we but we don't we don't the you know the FLDS had underage people, and that was their opinion. yeah no yeah. You, uh, obey the law when you do it. You know yeah. that's right. my opinion. Um. But we believe in the original teachings of Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, and uh, 
a lot of the mainstream uh, LDS have uh, really kind of because of the you know evangelical Christian Protestants, uh, they've kind of had this big effort to really want to advertise uh, as themselves as uh, really appealing, and and they've kind of watered down. Uh, not not that they've abandoned necessarily, but they've really. Um, tried to be like uh, oh you know please we're, we're like we're just like regular people. people and changed a lot of their ordinances and things which we don't agree with uh mm-hmm. you know uh because of that so we we don't deny a lot of the things that they mm-hmm. sort of walk around uh and and or reject or change um hi sarah thanks and a lot of people don't know that there are different denominations of uh, within the Mormon movement. So I would, one I'm of my favorite people, that. one of my Same. favorite people in the whole wide world, one God says Mormons believe in billions of gods. Old Testament says there are no gods before after me. So which is it? Well, according to the Bible. In 2 Corinthians 34, 25, it says, Because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore, my wrath shall be poured upon the place. So the Bible has so right, several places. Right there, the Bible says that there yes. are other gods. Even in, uh, when God is speaking, God him, God the Father himself is speaking when he's giving the, the commandments to Moses. Now, we don't. I want to be clear on this. We do not believe that uh, that we don't. We do not worship anyone besides God the Father. However, uh, the Bible itself does not uh, say that there are no other gods. It says you shall have no other gods before me. Um, he doesn't say there are no other gods out there. Exactly. Exactly. So, that's well put. That's very well put, Michael. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, 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 I think that's your name. Is your name Michael? Oh, well, that's my middle name, and my name's David. Uh, I, okay. okay, David. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Uh, but um, yeah, so so that's the thing. We do not. So you know, we don't worship any other god. We just acknowledge, yes, there are other gods out there. Uh, I don't. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it because that makes a lot that leaves a lot of room for sensible discussion to open up to. Oh, yeah. And, and this is this is something that I'd like to point out is that atheists don't make room for is they don't want to make any sort of room for sensible discussion. Now, granted, there's certain theists out there that you cannot have a sensible discussion. Oh, with, yeah. But I would I would like to think that there is a lot more theists out there that in my experience that you seem to be able to have a sensible discussion with whether no matter what your religion than you do when you come to people who claim to be atheists and this is where a lot mm-hmm. of problems where theistic satanists have when it comes to the church satan or say tst for example mm-hmm. is that they they have no will or desire to think outside of their own little box Oh yeah, for sure. I, 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 I definitely agree, and I, I think that it's important to uh, be willing to uh, first of all to be uh, open, uh, and and also to be willing to defend uh, and have an understanding of what you believe. Uh, 
uh, and to be to be willing to, I guess, be challenged on your beliefs, mm-hmm. and to be open to the possibility of evolving and changing uh, uh, your beliefs based on what's presented. Uh, what I find is that uh, atheists are completely unwilling to even entertain the possibility of ever changing their beliefs, um, and. Uh, that's, that's it takes it fun. takes a hell of a lot for an atheist, and I think I can safely say this because we have Brett here who was an atheist who converted to Christianity. It takes a hell of a lot to barge into that mind and say, "Hey, you know, there's something here that you need to pay attention to. Perhaps mm-hmm. you're not looking on the right path." Really? Yeah, but I've actually had some Christians who felt like there was hope for other atheists because a big, you know, former atheist like myself, and I've told people there's a difference between the way I was, my thought process. I've always, even before I became a Christian, I've always been the type of person where I wanted to hear other people's views. I cared about what other people thought. I wanted to understand why people thought the way they did. So I spent a lot of time with people of all different religions. As where other atheists are like, nah, you believe in a sky daddy. You believe in a sky monkey. (laughs) So you you can't talk to somebody who who suffers from that form of stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like dealing with a a leftist with Trump derangement syndrome. There's no talking to them. Well, and I, I'm curious, uh, Brett, because you, you, you had said that you, you were an atheist before. Uh, was it your decision? Because this is what I have found is that often it's uh, someone's own personal uh, decision rather than any convincing or, or any, you know... Any- you're, you're asking me if I made the choice to not believe in God, basically, right? Uh, no, no, rather the opposite, that you you had come to the conclusion that there, there was a possibility that there was God uh, after being an atheist. Uh, Would that as, be a logical as a assessment for it? As a non-believer and all that, I looked into a lot of different information and a lot of things made sense to me and did a lot of study on that. But as far as making the choice of becoming an atheist, I actually think I did. I actually do think that I made the choice to become an atheist and actually deliberately and intentionally suppress God. And the reason why is because I had a a really hard upbringing. And on top of that, I had suffered some losses in my life and it broke me. I said, to hell with this. And it was easier to just deny it all than it was to face it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That That actually makes sense. Well, you know, I I can respect the fact that you made that journey. And that uh, I, I think that that to be willing to uh, you know a lot, uh, especially if you've had you know a lot of hardship, a lot of struggle, then uh, it's it's understandable to uh, want to blame something. What to to deny something is has always fascinated me because I've I've never in my life uh, been sort of. Uh, I guess a non-believer, um, but so I've always been interested in what makes people become, you know, staunch atheists. 
But well, I, I, I can tell you, just give you a quick summary. I don't want to go into deep detail, but uh, my mother had died in a really horrible way. And then a year later, my daughter was born in the world and the doctor's medical field told me she wasn't going to make it. Oh. It took years of seeing her actually get better and better. And then finally, in her teenage years, I realized she was going to be great. It, with that kind of damage and tragedy, you need time to heal before you're open to being able to hear about God and higher powers and entities that might love you or care about you. At that time, I wasn't hearing it. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. But also, I am glad, by the way, that your daughter, uh, despite what was said, uh, did the opposite as well. And uh, that's understandable, that, that, that process. Yeah, it really is. It and, is. You know, th- that's that's something very similar to. I could have easily gone atheist when I lost my faith in Christianity, but instead of losing my faith just simply in Christianity, I began, like you, studying many different religions, and eventually came around to Wicca, which over the years led me to Satanism. Um, that's, I've explained my journey on that many a times, Brett. Right. Right. And I did you know, for, for me, Mr. Michael, it wasn't, uh, I, it wasn't, I'm trying to speak up. Yeah. I'm trying to speak up. What do you mean? I I'm trying to speak up here. Okay. I can. Yeah. There, boss. <laughs> Damn. All right. Is my microphone working? Uh, yeah, it's working. It's, I can hear you. All right. Well, what what else you got for me, Michael? Well, actually, um, when you were telling your story, I, I was thinking of a hymn. Uh, <laughs> not, to, not to get all churchy, but um, there's a lot of meaning in some hymns. And there's one called God Moves in a Mysterious Way. And the reason I bring it up is because it was written by uh, a, a Christian who was suffering from depression, and it was written in the 1800s. And the the hymn talks about his struggle with faith, and then the hymn it sort of talks about the fact that he isn't 100% sure, but yet he has that hope and that enduring uh, faith, and that it still says that there are things he's not sure of. Um, one of the lines is, uh, blind unbelief is sure to err. Um, and and uh, so it's it basically, it, it's a, I think, I think you should, you don't know how to share a link, but if you just look that up, God moves in a mysterious way. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to post that in private chat or the link or whatever that is, I'll check it out later if you like. Oh, is there a chat feature? Oh, I see that. Oh, yeah. There is a yeah. chat feature. Yeah, there's no a... No one's talking in it right now, but yeah, it's there. We can yeah, see all the comments. Like, really empty. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, here in a couple minutes, I'm going to have to get off here. It's been like three hours. I, I pretty much... I wasn't going to be coming on on a Monday night because normally I reserve that for my uh, for my family and whatnot. But uh, 
you know, I with, with what was going on earlier today with Church Satan talking stupid and everything, uh, and Brett gave me a damn good reason for coming up. Well, none of them showed up. None of them came in to actually hey, uh, hit their Because they're pussies. They're pussies. They, saying, uh, I, I like the one woman whose uh, clip you put up at the beginning of the show where she said that she would oh, rather uh, have her pussy grabbed than be uh, led by a pussy. Exactly. We need that shit right now. <laughs> and also, I like the video goes, this is the game. It just starts screaming. <laughs> My God. <laughs> My God. That's, that's a perfect example of what church Satan is. I'm yeah, sorry. They, were they so used to not be like Satan. that. They actually used to be a very viable, good group to follow. They were. Up until LeBay passed oh. away. Yep. Well, some people would say even you know before that in 1975. But, you know, that's then not now, but now all they are, even after Gilmore came over, he was still uh, for the longest time okay with you know the far right philosophy. He created the right of Ragnarok. There was a lot of German um, archetypes in there. There was a lot of German influence in it then. But then all of a sudden, the uh, woke movement happened, and you know now he's running around as a little old man in gay pride <laughs> parades. Um, we get and, a wheelchair. That's when we need to give him a good old wheelchair, make it look like Stephen Hawking. I'm curious. And I, I can how, say uh, that. I can say that and criticizing him for it because our grand archon, Kane Blackfire in the STS, is a gay man. He is, you know, mm -hmm. he supports gay pride and whatnot, but he does not support gay pride parades. He does not support all that public display stuff. Yeah, like, that's I bad imagery for the entire movement. It because is a bad imagery. It is. Like, you, you get these people who's running around in public doing all these horrible things around children. Yeah. They're actually hey, taking let's, kids yeah, to this shit. That shows some sexual moves in front of kids. Yeah, that won't be pedophilia. Yeah. Joke's on you. That is pedophilia. That's so what the fuck are you doing? I hear you there. You saw, like, that's exactly what the white Bowser said all the time. It's just cartoons. I never thought that uh, I'd be sitting here with with a Satanist uh, that had more uh, more values than uh, than than you know a lot of the uh, the mainstream churches. Anton Lavey himself said that many conservatives would be surprised on how much they agree with the Satanists, mm -hmm. with how much they would agree with us. Even and the truth of the matter is, is we do not support abortion. We yeah. are, many Satanists are actually right-leaning or mm -hmm. uh, have very strong values that lean into mm -hmm. the far right in many ways. I actually have an article that you can go to the STS website. We have numerous oh, yeah. articles there, but there's an article there that talks about the politics of Satanism, and I go into what Anton LaVey's own person as well. Uh huh. Yeah, it is, and I go into the views of Anton LaVey and the people who he kept around him, and he had people who were definitely big movers and shakers in the political alt right and far right movements and Nazi movements. Some who were outright members 
of the American Nazi parties who were former members of the uh, of the American not, uh, Nazi Bund. And uh, he, uh, Kurt Saxon was a member. He, uh, I believe he wrote The Poor Man's James Bond. He actually, uh, I believe he was the one who made the medallion for Zena LeVay's baptism that oh, you wow. see her wearing in pictures. Um, so there was a lot of movers and shakers on the political right. And uh, Anton LeVay himself was a um, registered pub Republican yeah. all the way up until his death. And this is something that the modern church Satan, the modern political leftists in Satanism don't want you to know about. They don't want you to hear oh, about it. They no, don't they want you to talk about it. Exactly. They, they deny it. They say that, oh, we're all about bodily autonomy. We're all oh, about we're having abortion and all this other stuff. Yeah. And that's all TST. And it has nothing to do with it. Oh, no. We had nothing to do with that bullshit. And even Brett, he could tell you, he's, he's read a lot of our literature uh, in the past couple weeks. He can tell you flat out that we're definitely not into any of that crap. Hell no. Nah. Thank you, Sarah. And and what is that, the, the TST? Yeah, the Satanic Temple. Satanic. They're the ones that are getting into all the news media and they're being the activists and whatnot. Oh, yeah. They even, they've got uh, Antifa all up in them. And oh, fuck Antifa. Oh, well, mm -hmm. you know, I have to say, if you got them angry, then you've done something right. <laughs> oh, Thank yeah. You. I'm waiting for Antifa to come at me and basically try to beat the shit out of me. I'm, wait I'm ready for Well, I, I find it funny because all these people say, go punch your local Nazi. Well, <laughs> Here's the thing. I've been around Nazis. I was one back in the yeah, day. Oh, yeah. I've been around Burt Kaluzzi, uh, SS Mike Scholler, um, uh, mm -hmm. and a bunch of the other ones. I've been around uh, the uh, – oh, God, I forget what their names are right now, but uh, they're up in Pennsylvania. The and they're all, good, they're all good people, but I guarantee to you, you walk up and you take a poke at a big fat man like Burt Kaluzzi. He's going to knock you on your ass. I would love to see somebody walk up and try to take a punch at that man. We need to take something called punch your local Antifa. Well, you guys ready to wrap things up? And also Friday, 7 p.m. Central, I'm going to be doing another show. Every Monday, every Friday, I'm going to be doing a live show. So anybody and everybody's welcome. You guys want to plug your channels or anything? Uh, you can find me on YouTube. My name is Lucifer Leg of Warden. Uh, you can find me at Lucifer Leg of Warden and the Satanic Thulian Society on YouTube. I've also, I'm working on building up my uh, Rumble channel so I can stream to Rumble. You can also find me on Twitter and Truth Social. I need to build up my Truth Social one. Uh, so you can check me out there. I do have a Facebook, but I try, I'm trying to keep that to like basically friends and SDS members. All right, so Michael, Mr. Mataller, would you like to plug a channel, a website, anything like that? Mormonsareawesome.com or something? Sorry about that. Um, I do have Facebook, Instagram, X, and I rarely use my YouTube, but most of the stuff I post is mostly metal stuff. And just saying, I was not expecting to be here today. But I was, you know, invited. It's like, ah, why not? I was going to join the stream. Sorry, I was a little extreme. Didn't speak up because I was trying to fix up the audio issue. 
<laughs> well, um, uh, we're, we're happy to hear your voice there. Um, you can also check out my book on Amazon.com. It is. Let's see if it goes all blurry again there, Brad. Hold on. I'll grab my copy too, just in case. Uh, the Satanic Testament. And you can find this a on Amazon. Blurry. It's a little bro blurry, but you can still read it. You can find this book on uh, Amazon.com. And here's this yep. copy right here. Maybe yep. There you go. And you can find it on Amazon.com. It's about 30 bucks. We have multiple different uh, editions of it that if you're a church, if you're an STS member, uh, you can find on the 600 Club, uh, which is our private site mm -hmm. uh, for members only. There's and, also like the metal stuff there. Yep, yep. It, it, it's a it's a nice little site, and we don't talk about it very often. Oh, is my mic working? Yes, it is. Yep, we can hear right, you. Got something for us, Mike? Mike, you got something for us? Mike, Michael, where are you, Michael? Let me get Michael's attention. <laughs> Did that All work? Right. <laughs> Jeez. That's how Furry sees himself like that. <laughs> anyway, so, Mike, uh, do you have anything you want to add in? I don't think he can hear us. I think he might be out. I don't know. I can't see him on the bottom. He's holding up a pamphlet. We're not able to read that little bitty thing. <laughs> all right so i'm gonna go ahead and throw up a flick and end this out all right guys all right all right